Welcome back to Word of God. We're three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are vvim or it-its, and you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ashcommaman. I'm Emma the Latecomer. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr at LazarusEmma. I'm Wyatt the Newcomer. I use he, him pronouns, and you can follow me on Twitter at ToppleThrones. And you can follow the show on Twitter and on Tumblr at Word of Godcast. Content warnings for this episode follow. Content warnings for this episode include prison, police and prison brutality, sexual harassment, the death penalty, mentions of sex offending, food insecurity, death by stroke, alcoholism, house fires, unreality, and suicide and suicidal ideation. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or shoot an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. Okay, we got some, we got some, we got some good some episodes. Some doozies today, of episodes y'all. going some doozies, on. Some real doozies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's jump right into it with Folsom Prison Blues, who I forgot to look up who wrote it. It's it's one of our old friends, it's isn't it? John Chabon, yeah. It's John Chabon? Okay. I mean, we. I guess all the writers are at this point, but it's it's not a new person. Anyway, written by John Chabon. Um, okay, so uh, we open on a prison yard where a bunch of convicts are doing prison yard things uh, and then cut to two guards who are expositing about a section of the prison that was closed down and then uh, is now under construction to be reopened. Uh, it's very spooky. One of the workers opens up a very clearly cursed solitary confinement cell and frees a ghost. Uh, which then goes on and scares a prisoner uh, who calls for help, but no one believes him, and then the ghost kills the guard who went to check on him. Rip. Uh, Three months later, the boys break into the Arkansas Museum of Anthropology and trigger a silent alarm. Uh, The police get them, and they're arrested. Uh, Victor Henriksen from Night Shifters is here, alongside his partner Reedy, who is very snarky, Um, and the two of them have been looking for Dean everywhere. The boys' public defender, Mara, shows up to talk to them when they get arrested, uh, saving them from Henriksen. Uh, Their charges are pretty rough, but they can stall extradition for about a week, and in the meantime, they are going to be taken to the Green River County Detention Center. At the detention center, a bunch of prisoners say stereotypical sexual harassment stuff as they're brought in, uh, and the boys get locked up in separate cells from each other, Sam with a big- with a pretty scary guy who's very big, um... In line, they whisper to each other about how this was apparently their plan all along, and Dean has a foolproof escape plan, which Sam doubts. They're here, of course, to hunt that ghost from the cold open. Apparently, they were called for help by a guy named Deacon, who knew their dad and saved his life in the military. Over food, the boys discuss that a Satanist named Moody, who died in jail, is probably their ghost. He died of a heart attack, and that's how the other guys have died. They think there's something in that old cell block that his spirit is tied to. Sam bumps into that tough guy from earlier, I think. Uh, I think it's the same guy. Uh, and pisses him off, and the boys get into a lunchroom fight over some jazzy music. Uh, because of this, Dean and the other guy get put into solitary. In solitary, the ghost arrives. Dean tries to help the other guy, but he gets murdered by the ghost. Meanwhile, Mara and Henriksen have a chat. She found some inconsistencies in their case. She thinks there's more going on. They've saved a bunch of people, etc., etc. Henriksen says wherever they go, people die. And that's all that really happens. Back in prison, Sam's on mop duty with the guy who saw the ghost from the opening, whose name is Randall. Turns out Randall was there when Moody died, and turns out Moody didn't die of a heart attack. A guard beat him to death. 
So Sam and Dean share info about Moody after Dean finishes hustling a guy at poker, revealing that he has acquired a whole lot of cigarettes, uh, and they make a plan to get into the old cell block. Dean using the cigs to, like, buy people's help, I think, is what he does. It's sort of unclear what the cigarettes are for here. It's the currency of the realm. You need to have money. Yeah, but what? But do they use it for anything? Right, at the end of this scene, Sam says we don't have any accelerant, and Dean holds up his cigarettes, like, who's ready to ah. deal? So there we go. Oh, Thank you. They get yeah. the burning stuff by trading. Okay. The burnings. So yeah, they get they get some useful equipment for their plan with the cigarettes. Um, and then their plan begins in the mess hall. Dean gets into a fight on purpose to make a distraction for Sam, uh, who sneaks into the kitchen, grabs some salt, and uses the vents to get into the cell block. He finds Moody's blood stain on his own bed on his old bed and salts and burns it. But there's still 60 minutes left in the episode. Uh, Dean and the guy he fought, this very large dude, who, of course, is named Tiny, get locked up together and reconcile. Uh, and then Dean sees the ghost, but she's a woman. She's a nurse. It's not Moody. Uh, she throws him around. Uh, he saves himself with table salt. And then she kills Tiny while Dean is unable to do anything. Poor guy. Sam and Dean talk after, and it turns out uh, Sam thought they were done and triggered their escape plan. So they only have until tonight to finish the case. Dean gets info out of Randall about the nurse for his cigs. Uh, that's the other use for them. Uh, and then uh, they learn that she was a nasty lady named Glockner, who apparently would kill anyone she thought was morally bad by overdosing their medication. Dean calls Mara and asks her to find info on Glockner for him, uh, specifically where she's buried. Uh, Mara is very confused by this. He tries to charm her, but uh, seems to fail in the moment. Sam wants to leave, uh, and Dean says he'll stay and Sam can go. They get into a fight and get taken to the showers by the guards. Uh, and then it turns out this prison guard that has been around the whole episode is Deacon. Uh, they tell him it wasn't Moody, and he has a message from Mara. Uh, Deacon does for them, I mean. Uh, Glockner apparently got killed in a prison uprising. Now they know where she was buried, and they can get her to prison. Deacon secures an escape route for them, uh, and Dean punches him, so it looks like they overpowered him. The boys get to the Impala, and the alarm goes off, and they book it. Uh, a very angry Henriksen shows up and interrogates Deacon, and then Mara, and the boys reach the graveyard to salt and burn Glockner's bones. Henriksen gets Mara to talk, so he goes to a graveyard to get them. Uh, the boys dig up the bones just as Deacon, for letting the boys go, um, is being attacked by the ghost, by Glockner, uh, and as Henriksen is apparently showing up to grab them. But they burn the bones, save Deacon, and it turns out that Mara didn't snitch on them after all. She told uh, Henriksen the wrong cemetery. Uh, also, an Alice in Chains song plays over all of this, and it's very good. And that's the end of the episode, as they get away, safe and sound, but very much being chased by the cops. <laughs> yeah, so lots to unpack here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where do we want to start? I would go chronologically, but my first note is... Just the word recap with a check mark, which means I liked it. Yeah, it was a recap of all the times they got in trouble with the police. And there was some stuff from Skin in there. There was, yeah, it, from like all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, I liked the recap. Um, I liked the like second line in the episode where the worker is complaining about like closing down and opening up a cell block. And he says, there's your tax dollars at work, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this construction worker is for prison abolition. <laughs> the uh also the mist effect uh in this whole cold cold opening that they use for the ghost i think is pretty cool uh and that they use more later although a little bit less i think there's i think it happens less once we see who the ghost is but they use the mist to like obscure her um and make her like 
this spooky unseen presence. There's a shot later on where we just see her face. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. like, in that, like, see her, like, really close-up eyes, so uh, gender is unclear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Randall is reading something. Do you guys notice what the book was? Randall appears to be reading a pulp magazine titled The Apollo Gate by Kit Marlett in his cell at the beginning of the episode. Thank you. Yep. Never heard of that. <laughs> I don't think it exists. Oh, Kit Marlett is a sec- is a, a, one of the assistant directors for the show. So, yeah, they made this fake pulp magazine it does however appear that it's a like i don't oh no i guess that's an office building there's like a thing on the back i thought it was maybe a prison break uh story that he was reading which i don't know if that'd be allowed to to read i don't know if you'd be allowed to read that in prison but yeah so they made this fake book that's cute that's that's a fun prop it's got a big like first edition sticker on the front i noticed because like he they made a point of showing us him laughing at it Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, maybe it is a prison escape, and he's like, "Ha, that's they—they they, they have no idea what they're talking about." But I thought that somebody said "Good night, ladies," but I can't find it in the transcript. Yeah, it's in the subtitles, and you can hear it just barely. I think it's another prisoner. Okay. Yeah, because um, it sounds like it's echoing, like from one of the cells. It has the same kind of reverb as the prisoners yelling at Randall to shut up. I believe you on that. So yeah, someone says it. They just didn't put it in the transcript. Yeah. Um. So, like, example one of the weird culture around masculinity and gender in this prison fiction setting. Um, When the guard is getting attacked, there's, like, the shadows of the bars over his face, which is really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the entire cold opening is very good. Almost looks like he's behind bars. Yeah, the cold opening is is, you know, Mara's perspective. Not Mara. That's the lawyer. The ghost. What's her name? Glockner. Um, Glockner's perspective, like, he should be behind bars, and everyone behind bars should be dead. Yeah. Which we will talk about, because there's a specific line there. Um, do we have more for the cold open, or are we moving to the boys? Yeah, my next thing is in the jewelry store, or the art museum. And I appreciate that they are finally wearing gloves, but it is so funny that they decided to do that the one time they want to get caught. Yeah, the one time they're here on purpose to get caught. (laughs) Like, I think the intention was, like, they don't want it to look like they wanted to get caught, but, like, you guys never wear gloves anyway. Nobody would think it was weird if you didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, literally. It's so funny. The transcript notes that when Sam is taking his mugshot, he reaches about 6'5". And Dean so reaches tall. just under 6'3", and is grinning. That is such a cute little notice. We should have... I wish we'd uh, seen this episode when we were talking about their specific height differences. Yeah, Dean also does, like, the blue steel pose from Zoolander, which is very, very Dean of him. It Uh is very Dean of him. It's also very, like, classic fandom likes this moment. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good moment. It's a good face. There's a couple of really good Dean moments in this episode. The I Think I'm Adorable is also a well-known classic uh, classic Dean. It was also, that was a gif used in, like, a big famous old tumblr post of like mm. someone says like do you think you're funny in like a post about supernatural always adding gifs and so of course somebody added dean going i think i'm adorable yeah that's good um, days. also of note i was looking up to see like where this museum of anthropology like is whether it's the one at ubc um and i couldn't find anything it's a good set or place if it's on location uh however we do have a return of our old friend the riverview mental hospital which is what they use for this prison so (laughs) the 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 same building from asylum is back nice just with more windows 
Yeah. Well, they use the the rear part of it for this, apparently, ah. or like maybe a different building that's like in the same area. But I see. but yeah, it does. I mean, you know, the comparison between mental hospitals and prisons, especially mental hospitals built in the like early 1900s, it 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 works. It looks like a prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when Zine and Henriksen are doing their hanging out thing. And Dean is like cracking lies about cheeseburgers, and Henriksen is putting the fear of God into him. And Dean goes, "All right, maybe we can just forget the cheeseburger, huh?" And Henriksen says, "Oh yeah, keep that game face on," which is really good. I like it when people read <laughs> Dean for shit. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that. Apparently, getting arrested is hanging out. <laughs> well, you Thank know, you. guys being dudes. This guy's vibing. They're just they're just making eyes at each other. Um, <laughs> Hendrickson says, I near went nuts trying to find you. Ask him. And Reedy, very deadpan, goes, he near went nuts. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, Reedy is, is fun. Um, you know, a cab, but also like the, the classic trope of like the two, like the two cop partners who've been working together for a long time and just like crack wise back and forth with each other is always a fun trope that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I love how when Mara comes in and Hendrickson goes, uh, we're not done here. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I think you are. And just absolutely <laughs> shuts his ass down. It's so good. I love yeah. her. Yeah. And then she's good. a little shrug face. They're both so good. Um, then we get the, the prison yard, which is, I must say, the whitest prison scene I've ever seen on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if it's better or like is it a it's not a deliberate statement it's just it's sure saying something uh-huh yeah. it's just yeah it's yeah it's something that is for sure it, if at the very least it's we couldn't be bothered to like find enough like black extras yeah <laughs> well this isn't an episode about race or a specific historical yep. non-white figure yeah, so, so you only get so. people in this show yep uh, it's not only but yeah it's yeah it's... there's a there's a lot of uh, Mexican and indigenous actors that I saw. Um, none of them really get like speaking roles, really. But it is definitely not like unilateral. But like Emma said, it is the lightest uh, prison scene. It's interesting in a really bad way because, like, um, like you just said, like the presence of people of color in the supernatural universe often indicates like some something negative. Um, but in this episode, we're supposed to believe that the prisoners are worth saving, right, from this person who mm -hmm. was killing them. And mm. they didn't deserve the death penalty, which is, you know, totally a morally correct thing to do, but not for these people. Um, yeah. I, in case that wasn't clear, that was sarcasm. But, um, <laughs> like, the, the, the fact that, like, these prisoners are, if not innocent, then at least not worthy of death. And they also happen to be white or light-skinned. Which, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. There's there's something there that I don't really like. There's something there. Yeah. There's something there if only accidentally, but, but yeah. yeah it's I mean, not a good message. Know, it's not a good Accidents look. don't matter. Yeah. Um, I love how Dean and Sam end up getting put in cells directly across from each other. Also, I love the, like, defeated look Sam gives Dean as the doors <laughs> swing shut. He like, hates this yeah. man. He hates being here. Yeah, he hates it. He's just a little college boy. He's just a little Which liberal. So funny. He doesn't want to be in prison. But it's and so I, funny because he's like so... In a vaguely derogatory sense. <laughs> liberal derogatory. But he's like 
it's so funny because he was i think he was training to be a criminal justice lawyer and King, yet, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to talk to prisoners you're gonna have to defend prisoners like mm-hmm. surely like sam between the two of them is supposed to be the more compassionate one but i guess dean empathizes with them more than sam does yeah, was he Sam training really to be good fed remember mm -hmm. do we know if he was training to be a prosecutor or a defense attorney oh i don't know it might come up later in the show but i don't know off the top of my head okay honestly uh <laughs> i forgot that those are two different things that you train for <laughs> and not just like lawyer and then you get to pick <laughs> but which is hilarious because my mother is a lawyer I mean, I know nothing about anything, so I don't know. But mm -hmm. it 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 is interesting. I definitely noted down and wanted to talk <clears throat> broadly about at some point. Um, their the two boys' different stance on the worthwhile, like on the lives of people in prison, and Sam's like weird lack of care. I guess. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's relatively out of character. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's mostly there because they needed a, they needed something to argue about. Yeah. And it's like, this is what the episode is about, and if Dean has this stance, Sam needs to have this stance. Yeah. But, yeah, it's weird. I think, his, it, I think his... it fits, it's maybe not, like, the most flattering light for Sam, and it's maybe not the most reasonable, but, like, it's not completely out of character for, um, just in terms of, like, the class difference between the brothers. Where, like, Sam That's is, like, true. this college-educated elitist who, like, thinks that the people end up here out of their own choices, and Dean is, like, actually, you know, sometimes you need to steal to eat. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Sam is also definitely the type to be like, okay, well, what are you gonna do with all the murderers if we ab abolish prison? Like, he's that guy. <laughs> he's mm -hmm. that guy. That's fair. But it's just weird how he, like, doesn't even seem to recognize that, like, there is nuance that, like people who end up in prison aren't like just unilaterally evil or anything that most of the people who end up in prison yeah. are on petty charges like drugs or well also theft. it's not it's um it's not a full-on prison right isn't it a um detention it's, I think center it's, yeah it's the county jail yeah so these are people who might be innocent like mm -hmm. these are people here waiting for their trial like these aren't even condemned criminals which is weird because Randall has been Randall did like quite a long stint and then he got let out and then he landed back. Yeah. Like, like he wouldn't be staying in the county jail, right? I don't know how the jail system works. Actually, like, they'd send him hmm. to a prison, right? No, wait, you're right. Hmm. Check I mean, my, it does say writers. Dean Okay, I'm looking at the line um Dean says innocent people are dead and Sam laughs and goes, "Yeah, innocent." And Dean goes, "You from Texas all of a sudden?" which pause on this sidebar for a moment. Um Dean and <laughs> Jared, Jared and Jensen are both from Texas. So it is funny and it's also like a nice Oh, that is funny. of of uh of the death penalty. Historically red yeah. states. Um and Dean says, just because these people are in jail, not prison, but that could have been a slip on his part, mm -hmm. just because these people are in jail doesn't mean they deserve to die. Um which is really Yeah. 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 Either way, it's it's weird. There's probably some inconsistencies in there. Um, but I guess they're kind of immaterial for our purposes. Like jail yeah. or prison, the 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 systematic yeah, stuff is is kind of what's important. Um, my next note is when Sam says this is the dumbest craziest thing we've ever done in a long storied history of dumb and crazy. Oh, Sammy. <laughs> 
you have oh, only season two. dumb crazy things to do i can like think of probably at least three things that sam has done that are stupider and crazier than this in the past or the future and that's just sam in the future Oh, I can think of, like, several hundred things, but... Well, okay, but consider I have cheese in my brain. I can't remember anything. Okay, I found one that says that jails are smaller facilities that usually belong to the local county-level authorities, and usually, yeah. not always, and detention centers are larger that are often regional to national. Right, but they're still both not prisons. Right. And this episode is called Fulsome Prison Blue. Well, I mean, it's named after the That's Bob Dylan song. But yeah. It's a Johnny but, Cash song. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I always confuse Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. Okay, this Quora post says... Oh, that that's the train song, isn't it? I don't know. I don't you hear that know. train a-coming. Is that the Hang My Head and Cry song? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um... Christianos Williams says that detention centers are where detainees, not prisoners, are temporarily confined yeah. by a county, state, or federal government while awaiting trial, deportation hearings, or some other non-criminal civil process, such as juvenile detention, sometimes criminal, or mental health evaluation, and or trial for civil commitment to a mental hospital. Jails are facilities confining persons who are in the custody of a county, state, or federal government, such as accused persons waiting trial, convicted persons serving a short sentence, probation or parole violators, those found in contempt of court, and sometimes also holding civil detainees for court-ordered child support violations, civilians held for mental health evaluation pre- or post-sentencing, and or trial for civil commitment as a sex offender to a mental hospital following their completed prison sentence, controversial and only in 20 states. Prisons are not jails, but are almost always yeah. state correctional facilities where convicted persons are imprisoned either after trial and sentencing for extended periods of punishment or those who obtained early release but were reincarnated, reincarnated, reincarcerated for parole reincarnated. and resentencing. <laughs> you know what? Supernatural would make the claim that reincarnation is the same as imprisonment. Like it could, it has mm. to be. God, I don't even want to think about that. I don't Literally even want to think the finale. about like the theoretical supernatural <laughs> episode that exists based on that take. So I guess if I understood some of those words, so I guess theoretically Randall could supposedly like quote unquote heavy scare quotes belong in the jail because he's a he clearly had like small time things that landed him in a couple times. Yeah. Um, but also I don't really know also it's just so funny how sam is like terrified of these guys like they're hardened like yeah evil doers and it's like nah man i'm here for two months because i didn't pay my traffic yeah ticket. exactly exactly <laughs> like, sam, sam such is a baby. scared he's about to get jumped literally um someone in the prison yard does yell like you're mine baby at him so like he has yep. reason to be jumpy he doesn't like it here uh, meanwhile, Dean is much more comfortable. He's joking. He says, I won't trade you for smokes. He says, oh, let's get teardrop <laughs> tattoos. Like, he's ready. He's going to live out his little prison break. Yeah, also, there's a, there's a guy with the teardrop tattoo later. It feels like, okay, so the thing here is, is this episode is, is just doing all of, like, the prison film, like, tropes. And, like, Dean, it's good. Dean's reaction to that is good and fun and cute because he's like, oh, I know all about prison from movies. I'm going to do all these movie things. It'd be like Steve McQueen. Um, yeah. But also, it's not a jail. So I feel like there's there's a sort of like plot 
and genre mix up here going on that they like just didn't bother reconciling because they wanted to do the prison stuff because obviously like... the boys would need to go to a uh uh containment wait no, that's not what they're called center. detention yeah, center like not containment plot... center yeah it feels like john wanted to first. write a prison slash jail episode yeah and he was like okay so we'll have the boys get caught and like they would go to a detention center so we're just equating those yeah yeah exactly exactly which to be fair for a very long time, the difference between a jail and a prison was not made apparent to me just colloquially. So, and it didn't like occur to me until I did like a close watch mm -hmm. of this episode. It's like the difference so between guess, college and university. Yeah, it's exactly. Unclear. Yeah, they, like they were always kind of used synonymously in my upbringing, which is, you know, obviously a failing on myself to like educate myself. But like, I don't know, maybe that's like where it comes from rather than like laziness but also probably also laziness mm -hmm. anyway. and they are often the thing is is i think jail is the older term because it comes from uh which is the original spelling gale. of g yeah gay it's pronounced jail but spelled gale was like gale is when we know all about those huh emma <laughs> but obviously like that Modern jails are more like classical jails because the idea of like permanent imprisonment is like a new thing culturally for the most part. Mm -hmm. The the carceral system and all that shit. Anyway, don't forget, kids, it's because of capitalism. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh huh. That's well, a continuation of slavery. Yeah. Um. That's a tough note to move on from. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Considering my next note is woke Dean heart emoji. That's <laughs> probably because of the death penalty line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's, actually, it's a little bit sarcastic. Yeah. But I do love Dean. Uh, before that, um, there's a there's a bit where when they're when like Mara's talking to them, the the two boys like share a look, and Sam does this little eyebrow raise that I thought was very good. Uh, that sort of like keys into the fact that they're planning something. Yeah, like they they know what they're doing here. Mm -hmm. Before the next scene, where we find out that they do in fact have a plan. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um. Back to that scene. Uh, Dean owing loyalty to uh, Deacon for being in the court with Dad. We know he saved Dad's life. Mm -hmm. Like society of yeah. Deacon didn't do that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they um, wouldn't exist. Yeah, no. I, yeah, and wouldn't that be interesting? And we know what society if would is is like, don't we, supernatural fans? <laughs> um, yeah, uh -huh. but just just like the <laughs> the like military bonding, um, similar to how we had in Croatoan of one nineteen of like um, Dean applying appealing to was it George Mark one of those yeah, people? Yeah, I think that was his name. Um. By saying, like, oh, yeah, my dad was also an army guy. Um, I'm going to get, like, crucified by somebody for saying, like, army, and he's actually in the Marine and whatever. But <laughs> he's in the military. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, this this idea that, like, they serve together, and therefore, like, we uh, have this connection that we owe him. And uh, Dean says, we may not be saints, but we're loyal and we pay our debts. And, like, Dean Winchester saying he's not a saint makes me very brain-worrying. <laughs> it's the dean's like absolute like passion for fulfilling this debt is really interesting to me like his willingness later to stay behind 
despite the very like complicated relationship he has with John, particularly post death, particularly John telling him to uh, take care of Sam and his like resentment toward him that's been bubbling up. It's interesting still how important this is to him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it doesn't work, but it is just like it's 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 complicated, I guess, for like it's a complicated character thing that I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, he has all really these feelings, good. but still, uh, like, his... I mean, Dean's a very, like, loyal person, right? And so yeah. this, like, carrying on of, like, a debt that's, like, owing someone something, like, Dean is going to pursue that no matter what, it seems. Also, I think part of it has to do with the fact that people are dying and Dean doesn't want yeah. them to die. No, uh, yeah, of course. Like, like even on top willing... of that. Sam is willing to run off and save their own skins yeah. because he views the lives of these prisoners as inherently less valuable than their own. Yeah. Um, whereas Dean, who devalues his own life, first of all, but also refuses to walk away from a case if people are still in danger. Yeah, um, which we'll talk more about that next episode. <laughs> yes, it's a really good... Uh, it's really good. This episode is really good. This yeah. is good. Ep- yeah, it's good. Um. So then we have them in the cafeteria and Dean is just like happily munching at the prison food and Sam is like yeah. sniffing at it <laughs> and giving him his food. He's like, finish mine. Um, so again, we have like Dean taking whatever food he gets and he actually is not like complaining about it at all. He's not like, well, I better eat this because yep. it's all I'm getting. He's just like, yeah, this chicken isn't half bad. Yeah. He's definitely free food. Like had worse. Uh huh. It's so sad. It's so sad that, Dean's reaction to like terrible jail food is like, ah, yeah, yummy. Exactly. Like the um, capitalism, you know, like at least in prison, he has a bed and food consistently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not prison. Um, (laughs) At least in a detention. Yeah, jail. (laughs) Um, Also, I love how Dean's like, oh, I've always wanted to start a a jail uh, cafeteria fight. He's yep. so excited to be an action hero. Every time he gets to he do just something wants to like do in all the, the movies, movie he's like, "Yeah, this is how you gotta talk to these guys." And immediately, like, no, Dean, no. <laughs> immediately gets his ass handed to him. Um, but also, like, well, he does. As he's he does in middle like of stick fight, up for himself pretty well. Yeah, he's doing okay. He's he's a hunter. He fights all the time. But um, as they're yeah. in the fight, he's like, great. Another guy who's seen Taxi Driver too many times. Like, speak. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> who's, look who's talking, Dean. You can recognize quotes on uh-huh. command. Look at you, who's <laughs> referencing Taxi Driver in this conversation. Well, I mean, it's not a conversation, but in this situation. Yeah. And then, yeah, later, like I said, when they're in uh, solitary, he's like, wish I had a baseball. He's so <laughs> Like Steve McQueen. Um, yeah, I do like while they're in there the fight, so though, Dean gets him in, like, yeah. I don't know, some kind of headlock, some sort of hold. Don't cancel me for not knowing wrestling moves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, like, leans in and says, we can end this right now. No harm, no foul. I really appreciated that. He's like, this is just a guy. I'm not going to, like, fight him just because he got mad at me. If he wants to end this, I'm not going to mm-hmm. beat the shit out of him. And, of course, like, it still doesn't go very well for him, but I appreciate that he gave that offer. Yeah. Dean is very good. Uh... One thing I just realized, are, I didn't pick up on any Shawshank Redemption references in this Maybe episode, which feels very weird. <laughs> I've never seen Shawshank Redemption, so Oh, I don't what? Know. You, mm, it's a good movie. <laughs> Okay, I haven't seen a lot of good movies, Wyatt. I had to literally watch... The the first time I watched The Matrix was in a class three years ago. 
Good movie. Um, it is a good movie. Before the fight, Sam says, you're sure it's him? And they're, while they're doing the case exposition, and Dean goes, pretty sure. And Sam says, Dean, considering our circumstances, I'm going to need a little better than pretty sure. And Dean says, really pretty sure. I love him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam is, like, rightfully kind of bitchy in this episode, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, but also, like, why would Sam not know about the case by the time they are literally in the detention center? Why would Dean not already have given him this information? Like, it, obviously, it's for the audience to get the exposition in media res, but, like, it is... Uh, it did break my suspension of disbelief a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's fair, yeah. Not as much as them going, so remember, this is the guy, so I don't mind it so much. It's just lazy. Yeah. Like, I can't think of a better way to do it. It just bugged me. I, I was curious, because when Deacon stepped in and told, I believe his name is Lucas, um, yeah. told him to, to step off, Lucas said, yes, boss, like, and immediately, like, obeyed. So I wonder if there's, like, because obviously Deacon has, like, a kind of moral set that does not get applied to most of the other security guards. Yeah. Um, even if he kind of plays up that in like to the others in order to fit in with the other security guards. But it seems like Deacon, like at least Lucas respects Deacon. Um, and like that kind of reads to me as like Deacon shows the prisoners some kind of like compassion and respect yeah. that they don't usually get from any of the other guards. Well, and that also and... makes sense for what the plot of the episode is, is Deacon's yeah. like someone someone's killing these prisoners. Yeah. And also like Randall says, like, compared to the old cell block, this is the Hilton. Which <laughs> Yeah. Obviously, like line. the old at the old cell blocks, like the, the guards were beating the prisoners yeah. to death and shit. So like that I mean, probably the security guards here are not great as security guards tend to be. Yeah. But like that implies to me that at least Deacon is like, he doesn't use fear and pain mm-hmm. to uh, get respect from the prisoners. He treats them as people. There's a, yeah, he there's like his first name. And then he asks Dean, what's mm-hmm. your name? Cause obviously he can't admit to knowing him. And Dean offers Winchester. So he refers to him as Winchester, but he says you too, Lucas, you know, he doesn't do the last name mm-hmm. thing unless Dean volunteers it. Also mm. notable, um, Deacon puts his baton under Dean's chin to like tip it up in like the classic homoerotic way. Love that. He does do that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's not really homoerotic it's not, in like, that scene, but it is It's not still... really the vibes here, but it's yeah. not not the vibes. Dean deserves to get yeah. his chin tipped up more. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Dean needs a hot rival with a sword is what we're saying. <laughs> Smiley face. <laughs> uh, so what I was going to say is there's a certain amount of like, it's this episode is interesting because it's trying to have it's it wants to have fun like as supernatural often is except for in some cases generally the show is fairly lighthearted even though people constantly die and mm-hmm. like it's not going to be a big downer in the prison sorry the jail <laughs> um but there is a certain amount of like oh things are better now that I rankle that a little bit. Like, it talks about all this, like, old bad history that the prison has, but a lot of the present day stuff, like, it doesn't lean as hard into, like, the current situation of things being, like, yeah. bad or good. Like, it kind of implies, like, yeah. oh, we have already fixed the prison system. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like, oh, the system's not, the system used to be broken, but it's fine now, even though, like, even though people get thrown into solitary. Solitary is not. Uh, so solitary seems to be like a slap on the wrist in the way it's treated. It's like Dean's like, Dean's fine there, even though, as we all know, like in the actual reality, solitary confinement is a nightmare. Yeah, 
Well, and also it's not entirely solitary. Yeah, because they're right across from each other. Yeah, that's what I mean about it being just like just a little slap on the wrist. Yeah, they can talk to each other. They're put right across from each other. There's yeah. The 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 exception to that, which the show didn't lean into as much as it should have, um, I do agree with you. But the guard who got killed in the cold open um, is implied that he was corrupt in some way. That's true. Um, presumably mistreating the prisoners or That's lying true. or breaking the law. That's it's um, the thing. Mm. But he was also it was also more of that like bad apple stuff rather mm-hmm. than yes. Like, Exactly. It's not. It's not systemic. It's bad apples, which is very like, which is a very libertarian perspective. Yes, and also like he got what he deserved type stuff, and yeah. now yeah. there's just like the good, the good ones. But even then, it's like, are they all good? Because that other security guard was like fully willing to believe that Deacon was gonna beat the shit out of them. No, yeah. and also the the I mean, Glockner's like a complete moral purist, right? Like any bad thing, she will kill for like. Mm-hmm. Deacon helped two people who were uh, innocent. I mean, I guess the crime they were put in prison for was they did they did do some of those put in jail for <laughs> worse. Some of those things were were things that they did, but they do desecrate a lot yeah. of graves. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very much he's done nothing wrong except for the war crimes, which were justified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The conversation that they have in solitary, besides the Steve McQueen line, Lucas says, um, I wish I had a bat so I could bash your freaking head in, which made yeah. me laugh so hard. Like, he's going to say freaking in this line? Sure. And De- <laughs> Yeah, it. and Dean's like, so much for bonding. Yeah, it's really funny. Dean is very, like, lighthearted about all of it. Yeah, yep. as he's getting dragged off to solitary, he looks back at Sam and goes, are we having fun yet, huh? <laughs> he's yeah. enjoying having his little like tough guy in prison getting dragged to solitary moment yeah exactly like also i feel like it kind of i mean we kind of know this in hindsight but this is probably not the first time dean's landed his ass in jail Mm. and knowing john he probably didn't come and bail dean out unless the situation was really dire so this like dean's probably been in these types of situations before and also, Dean just kind of laughs in the face of danger and laughs at authority figures in order to take control of a situation. Um, but I, I think like part of his comfort is like, yeah, I've been, I've been here before. I was fucking sixteen at the time, and I've faced worse things than shitty security guards and sort of, like two bit con men. I'm sort of sad that that's true because my read on this episode a lot of the time was his comfort came from. Um, both naivete and like not unfamiliarity, but like experiencing a new thing. Like so much, so much of like the movie quotes and everything. Like he's playing into the tropes because this is like a fun novelty for him. But if he oh, has yeah. been in prison before, it feels like he actually should have been like less like cavalier about this whole thing. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of um, kind of in the middle where like. He, he's been in jail, like, for a night because he was caught, like, right. trespassing or something. And so they tossed him in jail, and John came to pick him up right. in the morning with Sam in the backseat. So he's like, okay, yeah, I'm not scared of jail. And then he, like, spent a couple nights, and he's like, ooh, this is fun. and ex-. Like, this time it's intentional. Yeah. And he doesn't have John around to scream And he has an escape plan. Caught. Like, he's he's here well, to all- do a yeah. prison heist. Like, or, excuse yeah. me, a jail also, heist. <laughs> he lets himself have fun with it. And this is, I guess, the thing. Maybe he's never been to a detention center before. Because, yeah. yeah, when I was thinking about it like that, he's definitely spent the night in, like, cop 
like jails like in like yeah. in the precinct police station jails like on site or whatever because we've yeah. talked a bunch about how familiar he is with like breaking out of police stations and like getting out of handcuffs etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um but i think like if we wanted you could probably write an essay about like how complex of a headcanon you can make about dean in this episode <laughs> because like i think Part of it is, like, he feels like he has this freedom to be silly and, like, be confident because, like Emma said, he has an escape plan. He has his brother by his side. He has Deacon to step in if things get too bad. And John's not around. Like, John's not around. Like, he... Obviously, John would want them to do this job. Uh, but, like, when, I think when Dean would get caught or arrested... You know, in his younger days, John would probably not be very happy with him because, like, the mm. worst thing that could yeah. happen to a hunter is get fingerprinted. Um, there's a season like nine that. episode that I don't want to spoil, but definitely implies Dean and John in trouble with the law have a history. Mm. Moving on to the um, Sam and Randall scene, uh, this is this is some good Sammy content. This is good, like Sam empathizes and chats somebody up. Uh, I like the way he gets info out of Randall here, just like them mopping the floor together. Uh, I really like the Randall going, why are you inside, kid? And Sam going, because I got an idiot for a brother. And Randall goes, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it's there's really a, good. There's a really good like world weariness to Randall that I quite like. Yeah, I like Randall as a character. He's very like, he's very tired. Yeah. But he's also like, he he seems like, yeah, this is a shitty situation, but I'm a dumbass. And it's kind of like... I don't know. I don't think it's his fault, obviously, because as a prison abolitionist, we have to acknowledge that there are things, societal systemic things that lead people to commit crimes. But anyway, I think Randall has like. He's kind of nonplussed at the whole jail thing by now. He spent a really long time in and out of jail. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, this sucks, but like, it's not my first rodeo, so it's not scary anymore. Yeah. But I, I like Randall as a character. He yeah. seems very like. He's very likable and sympathetic. Um, yeah, it was nice, refreshing when he didn't die in the cold open. <laughs> yeah, I, and I like how he, like, he wasn't, like, I don't know. I just think, like, in the cold open, that's kind of what establishes him as this, like, likable character. I like how he's yelling for the guard to mm -hmm. come check it out because there's, like, something going on. Um, and he doesn't back down when the other prisoners tell him to shut up. Like, I don't know. I just, I like... I think uh, Randall and Deacon are very good uh, one-time characters, in and they do that. Yeah. They do the same thing that most of the supernatural one-time characters do, where they like establish themselves so fully that you can't help but fall in love with them, and it's really good. Um, the ends of this Randall and Sam scene, where Randall says that um, Mark Moody was killed by the guards, um, Sam like is startled by this he's like wait so he he was beaten and, and nobody reported it like he's shocked <laughs> yeah. by the idea of like police brutality or i guess security guard which again brutality. man um, was and gonna Randall's be a like, lawyer you kept your mouth shut unless you want us to die from the same heart attack you know and like like he's explaining this like he has, sam doesn't understand yeah. this which is oh. i think it's kind of the same thing as like in route 666 where i think it was dean who asked why didn't anybody go to the police? Yeah. And like I think they're I think Sam in this situation is a stand-in for like yeah. the audience who doesn't understand how how police brutality manifests in prison. Mm -hmm. Or well, 
prison prison guards aren't police, but they are cops in the in the broad usage of the word. Yeah, in the same way, small security guards yeah. Yeah. are cops. Um, they have a job to suppress people that society deems uh, unsavory, and they have power over those people. Like, yeah, they're not as powerful as cops, uh, but they still like are able to do horrendous things without much repercussion because nobody gives a shit if you, you know, beat someone's head in and say it was a heart attack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think, like, Sam, you know, not being aware of this while he was apparently training for being a lawyer, he, like, he was about to go mm-hmm. to grad school for being a lawyer, uh, I think is out of character simply because um, the audience needs an explanation. Yeah. Or at least the writing assumes that the audience needs an explanation. Yeah, that's fair. Next, uh, anyway, next Dean's poker skills really uh, come yeah. into play here. He does he does a great yeah. job. Threes over aces. Um, He's such a bastard. And this is where his movie references really like it's two in a row are played for last. Where he goes, "Come on, man, you're like Clint, East- Clint Eastwood from Escape from Alcatraz. It's a good thing I'm like James Garner from The Great Escape." Which is not the first time he's referenced yeah. The Great Escape. Yeah. He referenced it in uh, The Usual Suspects. Well, as well, also he referenced it in this, this episode. One, he said Steve McQueen's baseball. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Lots of Great Escape references when we have to deal with cops. I've never seen and Great Escape. I feel like I should watch either. it. It's it, it's it's referenced a lot in things. It sounds like it's a good movie. I haven't seen shit or fuck. I just go blissfully through <laughs> life. I also enjoy a Prison Break movie. Um, the next um, scene. Dean asks for his spaghetti al dente, and they just give him, like, a splot. It's yeah. Perfect. It's He's great. so annoying. <laughs> He's and such an just some real fat-phobic stuff to poor Tiny. Yeah. 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 Like, he does apologize, yeah. but it's still, like... The apologizing later is really good, though. I love the connection yeah. he has with Tiny. Tiny's like, I, I do have low self-esteem issues. I love this trope of, like super scary like prison guy who's actually kind of soft yeah they do it in avatar too yeah um, but I, I just love it every time yeah real quick fun early actor fact for tiny he's a member of the crew he's just he's one of the guys who works on the crew for the show uh he's Incredible. worked on 289 episodes of supernatural oh, so 327 my God. yeah so he's he's been he's the he's been there the whole time which is why i wanted to point that out it's like this guy this guy is, he, is in it the for the long term. Um, his name is uh, Cliff Kosterman. Nice one, Cliff. Does Cliff. it say what he does? It on just says crew? crew, so I'm not sure. Maybe there's more. Typical. Ah, he's also in French Mistake. Oh, good for him. Does he play one of the redacteds? Uh, it doesn't say what he appeared as. Okay. Hmm. We'll have to find out. Um, apparently, he joined in at the start of season two. His first episode was In My Time of Dying um which like there's something about that i really like it's like yeah this guy what like why this guy like did he i I, there's a story there that i want to know i would assume yeah they wanted a big guy and he was like hey i could do that well they probably that's true but also it's the crew i'm sure they got lots of big guys among the crew Mm. I i don't know i was gonna say i like how tiny is like vaguely set up i mean not like not really but i'm reaching here but i like reading tiny as the dean mirror um no, there's a little bit there. Yeah, there's a little bit there with like the bad relationship problems. with his dad. 
Exactly. The also bad relationship brother. with food, the low self-esteem issues. And yeah. then the line that really makes me crazy is um, my dad, my old man, meaning dad, treated me and my brother like crap right till the day he died. And Dean says, how'd he die? And Tiny says, my brother shot him. So like, really Also, good. I yeah. what I wrote in the, my notes is that he's also a bobby mirror, though we don't know that yet. Oh, oh. fair. Yeah. And then he, then he bites it. Yeah, rip tiny. Rip tiny. R.I.P. The eye effect they do on uh, Glockner when she appears yeah. and they do that close-up is really cool. Glockner's a good ghost. Yeah, she looks really good. Also, we find out that Lindikoff is still, in fact, a cop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're. That's true. She didn't get... Hmm. Uh, we talked so positively about like her maybe leaving. Good for her, slash S. <laughs> Also, this makes no sense, but I like it. But I, I have decided that my new headcanon is that this lawyer is a hunter, but she doesn't want to tell anyone. Is a hunter? It's too funny. Yeah. Like, she's a hunter lawyer. <laughs> oh, that's a like, fun headcanon. what's that... going on, which is why she decide, like defends the boys so much. But like, I also just think it's funny. Yeah, I think she probably would have been more, like, they willing to hear in, like, Dean if that code. was true. But, yeah. That's fair. Well, not everyone knows the same lingo. Codes. Not the same code. So she she wouldn't know Funky Town, but um, <laughs> like there's got to be some coded way that they would be talking about. There's a ghost here, I suppose. Yeah, I just really like the way she talked to Henriksen, where she's like, I don't know. There's just it's just not adding up. Like the way that her actress delivered it, kind of like read to me of like, haha, I know something you don't know, but I'm pretending not to. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's fun. That. I like that reading. I just don't see it myself. Yeah. That's valid. Um, <laughs> when when they're bribing Randall with the cigarettes, um, Dean gives him a pack and they get a little bit of information. They get that he has information. And Dean says, remember <laughs> oh, my name? Right? And Randall says, no, that's still kind of fuzzy. And Sam kind of laughs and they look at each other and Sam says, give it to him. And Dean says, I earned these. Yeah, he does. It's like he they're cigarettes, Dean. You're leaving tonight. Um, but it's also, really funny. I can't remember what episode it was because this is just a one-off line, but at some point I remember calling attention to Dean making basically the same claim about some money he won through poker. Um, he's like, I earned that mm -hmm. money. And Sam's like, yeah, yeah. Po poker. Because um, Sam devalues everything he used does. To... He's so mean to him. Yeah. Dean doesn't get a lot of doves. He's got he's to gotta take them where he can get them. Uh, I believe that reference was also when he was bribing someone... Um, I think a, a morgue worker to let them in. I don't remember which episode, but I could picture the scene very. Oh yeah, I mean that's like that's in every, every in any scene in anything where someone's bribing someone. There's always like the oh uh, you know it's still a little fuzzy. Well yeah, you know, but the, the line about I earned I earned. Oh this right 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 yeah yeah fair. Uh, then after they leave, Randall, Dean, and Sam are talking about like theories about Glockner and Dean says I did hear in the yard that that guard wasn't exactly squeaky clean etc etc and Sam says mm -hmm. you heard in the yard Dean does it ever bother you at all how easily you seem to fit in here and Dean goes no not really yeah. which is the line that I said back in um usual suspect no night shifter um where Dean says uh it's kind of creepy how good of a fed you are and I said that there mm. would be a line paralleling that here and here it is uh, like the mm -hmm. sitting here vibrating. Like I said, the class difference, episode. the different politics with, uh, between the brothers, mm -hmm. uh, between like cops and which um, criminals. I was gonna say this earlier, but it's weird because the the class there is a class difference between them, but it only happened in the last four years. 
Yeah. Yeah, but they grew up completely well, differently, even though they grew up together. Mm-hmm. Like, Dean yeah, has sheltered Sam from their childhood poverty. Mm, that's yeah. true. Sam, it, like, in Sam's head, and also I would imagine that it was probably hammered into his brain that if he, you know, stayed in school, he would not end up like Dean, who, like, I don't think this was ever, like, outright said to him, but, like, obviously he got the Im- implication that Dean was wrong in some sort of way. He did things wrong. Um, and I think that translated to Sam as, like, if I stop, if I don't act like Dean, I'll do the right thing, um, at least as a child. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, character analysis in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's gifts. It's a lot, a lot of juice here. So the Deacon scene is, I think, like the main thing. Like we can talk about Glockner at the end, but there's not a lot. Like it's mostly just like plot that has already been summarized from like here to there. But I really like the Deacon scene. Uh, it's a good because this whole episode, you're like, who's Deacon? Where's Deacon? Like which character here is Deacon? How come they haven't talked to Deacon yet? Um, mm-hmm. and the reveal of them, like, you think that they're being taken in the showers to get the shit kicked out of them, yeah. uh, cause they've gotten into, into too many fights. And then like, it reveals as like, he comes over and takes off their handcuffs that it's Deacon and then like his whole personality changes and he's mm-hmm. like, happy to see them. Uh, he's like, you guys do it? Um, I don't know. The shift is really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's Yeah. The general, the genuine affection he has for these guys, despite mm-hmm. the fact that I don't know, he's probably only met them like once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's just so nice how like he, I think he calls Dean son. Like yeah, it's just so sweet. I, I love definitely Deacon. wrote that down. Um, and then also how they kind of like joke at each other. How Dean's like, God, you're kicking the shit out of me, and Deacon's like, well, Yeah, <laughs> I have to make it look real. And then when when Dean like goes to punch him, he goes, Okay. Make it look good. Yep. Yeah. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, they're sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, we skipped over the, the most of the Mara scene. Uh, I just want to go back to that for a minute because oh, that, not, oh, not sure. for long because what I want to say is just like vaguely referencing an episode in season 12 because um, like it's just what I was thinking of as I saw this bit where Dean says, I'm not what they say I am. And Mara says, everybody says that. And Dean says, yeah, look, if you're a smarter PD as I think you are, then you can tell with just one look whether or not your clients are guilty. OK, just like that, which pause flaw logic there, Dean. Yeah, that's not a thing. people. Oh, yeah, do. that was bad. Uh, but I then forgot says, about that. That was bad. So I want you to look at me, really look and tell so like that line compared to a specific line from season 12 that I can't say. Um, it's, it's Jesus Christ. Hmm. Tell me. I will tell you, but I can't say it on air. Thank you. That's fair. The your two your two's like specific knowledge of things that happen later continues I to be even seen truly well. impressive to me. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Thanks for reminding me about that. There we go. Oh, that's a good scene. But okay, moving forward. Um at some point Dean says he is friggin' velvety smooth. Oh, Wait, yeah, no, hold on. I to linger on that scene for a second. I okay. do want to say the whole like uh, mm, this that trope drives me crazy. It's not the the like urban myth about being able to tell about like people who can tell that someone's lying by looking at their faces, mm-hmm. like the Sherlock Holmes stuff of like people's tells and all that. Uh, there's a there's a very bullshit. Yeah, it, there, there's a very popular game um, called La Noir. 
uh, which, uh, if, if you all know the the press X to doubt me, and that's what that's from. That is all about this thing, and like very famously, it was about oh, now you too can be like a cop and like tell if people are lying based on their like physical tells, and it's like it. All of that is bullshit. Like it's mm-hmm. not. There's no easy way. Like uh, people have tells when they're lying, but like as a as an investigator, like you can't know that like that's something that like i know for the people that like i've known throughout all my life yeah but like Like, it's not there's no universal like sign that someone's lying like the classics are like avoiding eye contact yeah fidgeting like those are well and it's also yeah symptoms it's yeah it's it's very uh, you beat me to it It, it's sorry that (laughs) that idea comes from like a very explicit uh uh, thoughts around like neurotypicality of like people always like this is how people react that has nothing to do that isn't even neurotypicality in terms of like uh, people who are neuroatypical but also specifically cultural ideas about like this is the way all humans react but no that's not true because different people have different like physical signs and body languages based on where they were enculturated because different cultures have different body language like it's there's no universal way of telling if people are lying or not and it's like it's such a prevalent thing especially in like cop and law like procedurals this idea of of like oh the yeah yeah so like Mm -hmm. the the genius who can tell who knows when you're lying it's 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 bad i don't like it i didn't like it here i mean even mechanical polygraph tests are it's all bullshit because, like, that's just not how human bodies work. Yeah. Well, and people can get nervous for all sorts of reasons. It's, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I have an anxiety disorder, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets, like, real people, like, hurt and, uh-huh. uh, like, law- unlawful, not unlawfully, because, you know, the law is, is bad. Um, but uh, unrightfully, well, no one should be rightfully presented. You know what I mean. Innocent people are brought in because of uh like quote-unquote evidence of whatever like on this polygraph test or like they were acting suspicious or whatever whatever Mm -hmm. which is of like mandatory mention like a lot of that is influenced by race yeah um and perceived like danger from certain individuals um which of course we've gotten into a lot yes but it's yeah it's bullshit it's stupid and it should not be a thing anymore Somehow, despite everything, I wasn't expecting us to talk about the carceral state as much, despite the fact that this is a prison episode. <laughs> that sounds like a you problem, Wyatt. I was expecting <laughs> yeah, to go I was off like, this about is what the we're jail getting system. Into. <laughs> I mean, we say uh-huh. that this is a show about Americana, masculinity, queerness, yeah. and then it's like, all right, so here is a prison episode. Let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, literally. it's not it's that like I was expecting them. it. It's that like I, I didn't. I maybe should have prepared more for it. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Well, that's fair. That's fair. It's just like um, hee hee episode. <laughs> I I like the tension of uh Glockner going after Deacon mm-hmm. as Dean and Sam yeah. are digging the grave up, as the SWAT team is swarming yeah. the cemetery. Yeah. Like it's very good three way stakes. The entire finale of this episode is very well edited. And the, the yes. Allison Chain song that plays over it, like I said, it's very good. Like matches it's very really well. Good. What's yeah. the song called? I saw it in the subtitles, but I was playing Genshin. So uh, Rooster, it, Rooster. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Musical rendition. Before that, just one thing: when they're talking to Deacon in the in the um, 
in the shower. Um, Dean says they dragged her to a solitary cell and gave her a severe cerebral edema, which is very, like, it's not a thing Dean would normally say, but it feels very much like he's stunting a little bit. He's like, haha, yeah. I know this fancy term. <laughs> well, I, I, I always read it as that's what Mara wrote and he's reading it out. Oh. And he might not even know what that means. That's true. And then true. Sam clarifies. That, that but... also makes sense. But both, I think both of those reads are valid. I just, I just noted down that it was a funny way of phrasing that, and then it sounds it like, yeah, someone good. bashed her head in. <laughs> yeah, because it felt like a reverse of what it should normally be. If Sam says yeah. that, and Dean's like, someone bashed her head in. <laughs> or like, you well, know, Dean is the one who in speaks in like euphemism yeah. and metaphor. So it's true. It, well, that's, I, but that's not euphemism and metaphor. Just like, that's this just is the like scientific very explanation. Language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the, the 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 graveyard. Oh, yeah. Yes. So for some reason, Sam, Dean says, like, Mara can't say anything because of lawyer-client privilege, and Sam says privilege doesn't apply, which is so weird. Why would it not apply? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know and anything Sam about this. Sam is the, the would-be lawyer here, so, like, he would um, know, but why? Well, presumably because of, like, federal versus, like, state law stuff, because they're federally wanted in several states, and they have an FBI agent after them, like... Hendrickson's, um, like, because they've escaped and she is under suspicion, I think Hendrickson's authority outweighs hers. Well, the next scene, Hendrickson is threatening to, I mean, not yeah. really threatening, threatening, like, in, like, warning her that he's gonna, Lisa's... Um, if she doesn't break this privilege, he's going to um, get her for aiding and abetting. Um, but it, it seemed like the vibes here are that like he's wielding his power because he wants the Winchesters this bad. Like this doesn't seem like something he yeah. would normally be able to do. Because she says, "Well, that's I think ridiculous. normally you'd probably need a warrant or or something like that." But here he's he's cutting corners because he wants yeah, them. Yeah, he's Good doing cops. his cop show thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know nothing about the law. So if, so. if any like lawyers, but, yeah, or exactly. law students, or anything like, or why in our the audience, please let us know. Apply. Um, I do like Henriksen's delivery on, uh, they wanted to know, she says, they wanted to know where she was buried, and he goes, did you find out where? And she says, yeah. And he says, did you tell them? And she says, yeah. And he says, tell me. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good, yeah. I I continue to love Hendrickson as a character. He's he's good, yeah. Despite the fact that he's a cop, I think he's a very, he's a very fun antagonist. Yeah, he's a fun antagonist. Um, yeah. He's, like, he's enjoyable like to see on Gordon. the screen. Yeah, he's like Gordon. And, um... Uh, ooh, almost said the name again. The the yellow eyed demon, um, as in like they're just they're cool characters that you like seeing, even though they're antagonists. Which yeah. is what an antagonist should be. They should be charismatic. Yeah. You don't root for them, but um, you like to see them. Yeah. They're entertaining. Yeah, you don't like they don't go on screen. and You're like, oh my god. Yeah. There should be a certain amount of affection for your villains because otherwise it's like move along, you know. Yeah. Exactly. People love to hate a villain. Yeah. Exactly. Or in some cases, just love to love them, and that's and that's how gay people are made. <laughs> um, once again, the boys have dug a perfectly square hole. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's really good. They taught him how to do that at Jedi Academy. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> perfect square hole. This is not. Um. Yes. <laughs> Again, they're using their like dig, thi- their like whatever power, not power tool, whatever digging machine they have to do this. It's like, yeah, I guess the book. Bo- yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. 
Um, it's fine. And then... Um, my... I love how Mara gave them the wrong cemetery. What a queen. She yeah. is probably... the icon. She I lied mean, like, to the FBI. She really did. And, like, I don't know... Because theoretically, she could be like, yeah, they yeah. like it was that cemetery. Maybe they just weren't there. But I don't think Hendrickson will take that. But I also don't think it'll hold up in court. So yeah, I think like, no... she will get off of that yeah. relatively fine. Okay, but also you good. could just look up where the body is buried and it wouldn't say mountainside. Maybe. Maybe there's two Glockners. Okay, case... Maybe she found another cemetery where there's a Glockner buried and she <laughs> named that one. <laughs> real, real tap said three times move. Mm hmm. It's true. Uh, my final note for this episode is when Dean says we need to go deep this time, and Sam goes, deep, Dean? We should go to Yemen. <laughs> and Dean goes, I'm not sure I'm ready to go that deep. Imagine if they it's, left America. Yeah. What if they left America? Did they ever leave Society America? If... <laughs> no. I didn't think so. Um, the I mean, world doesn't like, really exist outside America until a specific plot yeah. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to call it that line because because Sam doesn't often get the funny lines, and that's a funny line. So, uh -huh. yeah, so it's good. Sammy, Sammy gets a Sammy gets a moment. Do we have any more actor facts? I have actor facts. Yes. Go for um, it. So first thing, um, the uh, Miss Miss Spooky Ghost um, Glockner is played by uh, Andy Frizzle, who plays the Wraith Queen from Stargate Atlantis. Good for her. Uh, <laughs> Very, um, I could see it like this is a very, she, she's good at like putting on makeup and looking spooky is what this actress is good at. Uh, she's also apparently a couple, she plays whoever the boss is on Van Helsing. That's not a major role though. That's just a thing I just saw. Um, and then also, um, Deacon who is played by, uh, Jeff Kober, um, is the, is the primary antagonist of General Hospital, uh, Cyrus Renault or Rain Reynault. I don't know how to say that. It's a French name. Uh, and uh, also is a villain on Sons of Anarchy as well, plays Jacob Hale Jr., which is it's interesting that his other major roles are as villains, considering he's a pretty like charming, nice guy in this one. But he does do a very good job of being like a shitty, like That's true. That's angry true. Cop. He's also Joe in The Walking Dead and um, a character named Dodger in the show China Beach, which I know nothing of. Good for him. Uh, to clarify, I mentioned like a cop character uh, a couple episodes ago, and I thought that he might be the same actor mm. as Deacon. They look kind of similar. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah. him at first, but no, no, it's not him. Yeah. Um, so I would just like to, to ease y'all's <laughs> minds. I was incorrect. Yeah, I, I looked. I looked. I was like, "Is that is that him?" No, it's not. No. Um. All right. We will, we're gonna take a little break here, and after the music, we will talk about episode two twenty. What is and what should never be. Yeah. Emma is so pog. If I say to you tomorrow. <laughs> What is and what should never be was written by Raelle Tucker. Every single time I think about this episode, I have to remember if it's what should never be or what never should be, but it's what should never be. Um, uh, so to start with, we have the recap, which is basically just like a play-by-play -play of the pilot, um, just like reminding us how this all started. And then 
in the now, Sam and Zine are hunting a djinn while laying low from the cops. The Impala has a new license plate. It is no longer KAZ2Y25. Oh, I didn't notice that. Um, it is now CNQ something or other. Uh, you'll see it again. We get lots of car shots. You'll notice. Yeah. Um, so on this hunt, Dean goes in alone and the djinn puts its glowy blue hand on Dean's forehead as glowy blue people like to do. And uh, next thing you know, Dean wakes up next to a naked woman in some house. Who knows? So he calls Sam and Sam has no idea what Dean is talking about. In this version of reality, the boys are not hunters. Um, Dean is exploring this house that seems to be his and finds a photo that we don't get to see because he knocks it down. And he runs to the car and drives over to Mary's house. His mom is alive in this version of reality. Uh, noticeably, John is dead, but he was on a softball team and he died in his sleep. Uh, everything seems to be okay. He's really happy to be in this rea- version of reality where he can hug his mom and eat her sandwiches. He investigates the gin at the University of Kansas. Um, and, like, finds out some lore. He's trying to figure out if there could possibly be a monster that is good, that does nice things for people. Like, grant their wishes, even if you've never spoken their wish Mm. out loud. Uh, baby's trunk compartment is empty, because he's a civilian, he doesn't have any weapons. Uh, but while he's checking that out, he sees some girl he assumes is a spirit, because she's in a weird white dress and disappears. Uh, then we have a little montage of Dean getting to be normal. He mows a lawn. Sam shows up with Jess. He mows the lawn. Then they go to Mary's birthday party. Sam and Jess get engaged. Everything is great. Dean's with his girlfriend, Carmen, who he doesn't know at all, but she seems great. Um... And at the party, Dean sees this weird girl again. And after the party, Sam says that he and Dean aren't close, just because, like, they have nothing in common. That They're not enemies or anything. They're just not close. Uh, Dean is kind of devastated by this. Then he's watching the news and sees that this is the anniversary of the plane crash from Phantom Traveler, the one that he prevented, and realizes that in this reality, uh, all the cases that he and Sam and John have ever stopped actually did kill people and continue to kill people because they they didn't stop them now. Uh, then the mystery girl leads him to his own closet, which has skeletons hanging from the wrists in there. Very cool. He's got skeletons in his closet. Um, he, he does. Although, of note, they're like horrible dried-out corpses, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're okay, mummies. they're not technically skeletons. They're like skeletonified people. Um. Yeah. So he's he realizes something is clearly fucked up and wrong, and anyway, he can't live with himself for not saving people, so he goes to visit John's grave and gives a very sad soliloquy about um, not wanting to give this up, which I will promise we will get back to. Uh, and then he sneaks yes. back into the house to steal a silver knife, because that's what he needs to kill a djinn, and Sam catches him, so Dean plays along with Sam's guests that he owes somebody money. Uh, Sam insists on coming along, even though he's unhappy. He says, like, you're still my brother. So um, he gets a little bit of information out of Dean, and he is very concerned by the weirdness that Dean is saying. Uh, So they drive to the warehouse where the djinn got Dean in, you know, original reality. And they find some the skeletonized people hanging from their wrists, just like he saw. And the girl who he keeps seeing, but she's, like, in really bad shape. She's also hanging from her wrists. She seems, like, half-conscious, and she asks for her father. She's, like, confused and disoriented, and Zine realizes that he is also a victim like this in real life. He must be dreaming all of this. 
um, that's what the djinn does. It does not actually grant your wish. It just makes you think that it has so that you will remain uh, a good food source. Well, if they have like some kind of IV drip type thing, it's it's feeding on them somehow through that. Or it's keeping them alive so it can feed on them when it visits. I'm not sure. But um, it's, it's storage. It seems to drink blood. Yeah. Oh, it drinks whatever is, it was in the bag, yeah. It, like, it's draining these people and keeping them alive. Which is presumably blood, yeah. unresisting by making them think that they have everything they ever wanted. Uh, so as Dean realizes this, uh, Sam, Jess, Carmen, and Mary all appear and, like, tell him to stay. They um, insist that even though he's going to be dying in real world, in here it'll feel like he's had an entire lifetime. Um, so, like, he could pretend to live out this entire world and just have a normal life. He could have it. But he decides that if you die in a dream, you wake up. So he stabs himself, and IRL Dean wakes up to Sam killing the djinn, and then they talk a little bit about what this was, and Sam says that this life is worth it, and Dean is very quiet. And I am very miserable. <sighs> yeah. What an episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, it's really good. Ta- it's just also very straightforward. So I don't know if we're going to talk about this yeah. one for mm-hmm. as long as False Prison Blues. Well, yeah, I don't have a lot of notes. It's just really big, like, yeah. thematically, I guess. Yeah, I got a decent amount of stuff I want to talk about, which, first and foremost, before we get into all the Dean stuff, I want to talk about this gin, uh, mm-hmm. which I yeah, remember. This, this is the gin that I remember you two referencing of me. I think I asked at some point, like, oh, are we going to get a gin at some point? And you both were like, <laughs> yeah, but it's not good. And yeah, the boy, this gin is very white. Um, yeah. And I guess... It's weird because this episode is wrong, but also it's wrong in the dream. So I don't know. Like, it, that's probably not on purpose, but okay. So, brief folklore corner. Uh, Jin don't have infinite power. The, the, the genie of Aladdin, like, the, they are not capable, like, historically, slash, folklorically, slash, mythologically, slash, religiously of doing that sort of thing. Jinn are a type of person, basically, like a more, like they're not human, but they are mortal. Uh, They don't have infinite power. They like do people things. I don't know. They have kids. They live in houses. They do people stuff, et cetera, et cetera. They also have a certain, they have like magic powers. (laughs) I'm going to cancel you for saying people stuff is have kids and live in houses. Well, you know what I mean? They're not like (laughs) magical beings. They're not like demons where they're just like these ephemeral, like I guess demons have kids supernatural too, but like a a lot of (laughs) cultures, like a lot of like North American cultures idea of what a djinn is comes from like Aladdin and stuff of like this all powerful, Mm -hmm. like spirit that lives in a lamp. Um, but the, the living in a lamp thing specifically was a story that came like way later. And like, that's not, I I guess like they get, there are stories where they are like bound to things, but it it doesn't matter. The point is, is primarily their powers are like a certain degree of mind control, um, ability to like turn invisible, um, and like shapeshift. They weirdly, there's like, a decent amount of similarity between them and Rakshasa in terms of their power set with, if you remember my like Rakshasa folklore corner a while back, I don't know how much, I mean, in both cases, they're sort of these, um, like pre 
uh, contemporary religion like spirits. Uh, but I don't know how much crossover there is there. That, like the the history of like mythological beings are vast and complicated. And this is not this is not a folklore podcast. This is just me doing my best here. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. the point is they're not all powerful. They're not. It's they're not the things that the person, uh, the folklorist guy in this episode says. Uh, however, I guess like with the actual power set that we do see. Like the mind control stuff, I guess I can see kind of working here. This is like a neat spin on the usual like Jin granting wishes mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about feeding on blood either. I also that this is funny. The lambs, but the silver knife dipped in lamb's blood thing. The only reference I could find for that is a 2015 children's book published by BPI India called Tales from the Arabian Nights, which. Now, I'm not saying that this book is referencing Supernatural. <laughs> However, it was published in 2015. Mm, much to consider. I could not find any information about the actual authors of this book. It's one of those, like, publishing house written things where it's, like, mm-hmm. it was probably, like, ghost written by people or, like, whatever contract they signed, like, didn't have their names on it. So it's completely in the wind. Of, I have a copy of uh, one of the older translations of a thousand okay this is an important thing this is not a thousand and one nights this is a children's book that has certain a certain amount of stories either based on or referencing or simplified versions Ah. of a thousand and one nights uh, which is why it's called tales from the arabian nights and not a thousand and one nights but um so it's a it's a it's a simplification yes. of several translations yes. of a very, very old book. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's valid. And if people are interested, there's all there's all sorts of like interesting things based on where the story of Aladdin came from and like how much of it was in translation based on like the French translation of A Thousand and One Nights, which took some creative liberties, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um the other thing here, though, is similarly, part of why I brought up the Rakshasa is similarly to the booking being bad there of the point of, like, those beings being quite physically powerful in combat most times. The same is true for Jin, um, and that this Jin gets owned, like, real easy. It's <laughs> the creature. This guy is very much, like, purely a mental monster, and once they break out of his, like, brain prison... Uh, he gets stabbed pretty easy. Um, yeah, that's that's all. Which I mean, mythology, folklore aside, if you think about like evolution, right? Generally, creatures evolve to have a specific skill set. No, yeah, it makes like, sense for the jinn yeah. in this show. It just doesn't match that mythology. No, yeah, like I think if we were to view this jinn purely independent of the folklore it's pulling from mm-hmm. which you should not do because that flattens a lot of stuff and makes racism like not mm-hmm. addressed um but if we were to analyze it like purely within the supernatural universe as if we had never heard of a jinn as if jinns didn't exist in our universe um i think it would it would still make sense I guess basically what I'm saying is if this was a creature yes. by any other name yes if this wasn't really called the jinn if this was a <laughs> fantasy show where mm-hmm. there was this monster that ate people's dreams or whatever. Like, yeah, it would make sense that it's not physically strong. Yeah. Uh, despite all that, I think gins are super cool and supernatural. I love 
this episode as an excuse to psychoanalyze Dean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a as lot an, of as gin, an excuse gin for fic out there. They're extremely good. Of course there is. Uh, yeah, of course plot, there is. Plot drivers. Um, oh, I've written so much Jinverse. <laughs> anyway, personally. basically, Jins put people in the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which I actually have I'm not just saying that to say that. I have some matrix like I have I have some stuff to say later. Excellent. I look forward. Having having recently rewatched The Matrix, which a very good movie. Valid. Um um my first note is literally oh it's good heart emoji. <laughs> don't know what that means. The cold open or not the cold open the intro, like the recap? I don't know probably. Okay. Well, <laughs> what I wanted to also talk about is there's no cold open this episode. Yeah, we have the Oh yeah, I remember that like jarring me. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that really jarring me of like as the as the recap flowed into it's just the into first Dean scene, I was like, hold on, is this still the like my yeah. brain had not transitioned yet. Yeah, and like the really cops are still hunting them, like they immediately start talking about that. It feels like it's opening right after E19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it, but it's cool. The way it threw my threw my brain mm-hmm. off was interesting and fun. Okay, in my synopsis, I said that the license plate changed to CNQ something. It is actually CNK eight zero Q three. So uh, I knew there was a Q in there. Good correction. Yeah, very important catch. <laughs> um. Also, uh, when I was writing my notes, I wrote, "Why is there blood on Dean's knife?" Uh, which now I know why, and that's a good, um, subtle, not even a callback, but like a, I guess, foreshadowing or like continuity yeah of like oh the lamb's blood thing which makes it interesting like dean doesn't know that in the dream which like he doesn't wait no but no, he knows everything he knows. else no it is weird that he doesn't know that in the dream doesn't know what no he does know he it. knows how to kill it uh, doesn't he find it out from the folklorist no um dean does not ask for the professor about how to kill a gin because people don't really answer that when it comes to mystery mythical creatures um right he's more like do you think they can really do it and the guy's like i i I guess so if they were real (laughs) so Mm. i think here's my read on it is that dean has already heard the research on a djinn like in their universe like right because he already knew that they hung out in ruins you know abandoned places things like that so presumably he already knew how to kill it and then probably when he like refresh like mm. and then when he went to the folklorist that was like trying to figure out its moral uh right because that's not a thing they would have focused on yeah with sam and then okay. all the other exposition from the folklorist was for our benefit um beside that i think it's really funny how Wyatt was like why is his knife covered in blood meanwhile i saw it and i was like oh yeah this is one of those you need a knife dipped in blood type things <laughs> which happens like <laughs> At least a dozen times in Supernatural. Uh, it's very funny to the later. Point where I'm like, yep. It's very funny later when he pulls out the jar of blood and Sam's like, what's that? <clears throat> also, where did he get that jar of blood? That's what I want to know. I guess From he a went lamb. to a butcher. Yeah. Yeah, presumably a butcher, yeah. Um. Also, one final thing before we get into the uh, dream is uh, I like Sam's like spread of books that he has all open in front of him. He's got like a bunch of like old tomes with like cool like old art in them. Yeah. Um, also, before the dream, Dean says, "I got diddly squat, and I love him." <laughs> I love Dean's little stuff. His little his little words, like your funny words, magic man. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, also before the dream, uh, Dean canonically watches both "I Dream of Genie" and "Bewitched." He likes. 
television. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. GNCAF of Dean Winchester uh. to know Bewitched. Yeah, he says, he says, um, uh, not exactly Barbara Eden in harem pants. Uh, well, which Sam said that. And Dean says, don't... my God. Oh, right. Eden Sam was says hot, that. Wasn't she way hotter than that Bewitched yeah. chick? With the Bewitched chick, yeah. I tried both of those shows. They're not that good. Like, I literally <laughs> couldn't get past the pilot. Oof. Anyway. You know it's bad when you can't get past the pilot. Mm-hmm. Oof. I mean, which I'm sure a lot of people would say about Supernatural. I was about to say, no, is, the pilot of Supernatural the, is good. No, uh, yeah, also okay. What I was going to say was the the Star Trek: The Next Generation pilot is very bad, and there are, there are good shows with bad pilots. It's true. It's true. Mm. I don't remember the TNG pilot, but TNG is good, and I believe it. Okay, that's actually not true. I did get past the Bewitched pilot, but I still didn't like it. I could not watch <laughs> I Dream of Genie because it was just so bad. Like the whole premise is like. What if you found a genie mm. and she was a white woman who immediately fell in love with you and wanted to uh-huh. do everything for you? Like, it's really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but this is not a show. About, this is not a podcast about I Dream of Genie. This is <laughs> supernatural. So let's go back to the dream. Stay tuned in 20 years for our <laughs> I Dream of Genie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Send in suggestions for what bad show you would most like us to talk about after. After our Riverdale, we podcast. obviously know Riverdale and Doctor Who and Sherlock are I'm like not at least Sherlock at the top podcast. of that list. I would kill you first. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Me and Wyatt and Mitch can, can <laughs> do, do a Sherlock, Sherlock podcast. podcast. Uh, and then, and then, if we ever do, if we ever do Stop the continuously plans. threatened. <laughs> the con- the continuously threatened Riverdale podcast. We know Ites will come and assassinate us in our sleep. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> the little heart emoji at the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Moving Dean on. is in a dream now. The dream. Uh, when he yes. wakes up, he's watched uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon, I believe, is playing on the TV, which is just a really good immediate, like, this is Dean's life. Is like, yeah, he's he's in bed with his hot girlfriend. They were watching monster movies. movies. It's so funny. Genuinely, it's also really so good that it's... like the title card finishes, or I think something like that. There's a title card, then there's like static, and then it's in black and white, and you're like, "What's going on?" And then it like pulls back, and mm, it's yeah. the TV he's watching. It's really yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's I was just gonna say it's very funny how much like Carmen is literally like made for Dean. Yeah. Oh, I didn't no, mention in the synopsis, but um, when Dean is back in the real world talking to about to talk to Sam, he realizes that Carmen is literally the woman from a beer ad. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy. It's so. It's not as tragic as the the library episode in Doctor Who with Donna and Lee, but it's up there. It's so sad. It makes me so sad. This is a trope that I have just realized makes me really sad, mm-hmm. and that it should be done more often. This is the the fake person. Well, the thing about yeah, well, in, except in it Doctor was... Who it wasn't fake person, but she thought it was. Yeah, that's what makes it more, mm, right. more tragic. Yeah. Is but, that like it, they were right yeah, there? Yeah, but that, that, anyway. not to keep talking about Doctor Who, but the way that Donna's like, I invented the perfect guy, gorgeous, adores me, and hardly says anything. What does that say about me? And the Doctor mm. Who's everything. Did I say? I mean, nothing. So just like taking that and looking at Dean and Carmen for for a second there. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I just want somebody who will give him cheeseburgers. It's that, it's the... Someone who knows him. Exactly. Yeah. Someone who will watch monster movies with him late at night. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a nurse. He's like, that's so respectable. Yeah. He just wants a girlfriend he can bring home to his mom. Yeah. And also still really wants to bone down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm sure, like, 
she, I don't think she's an unrealistic person. Like I would believe no. that uh, we all is, love like, Dean. Uh, yeah, exactly. And like somebody who like adores him, yeah. you know, has the same libido as him, <laughs> knows when he's uncomfortable in fancy restaurants, uh-huh. things like that. Like that's just you know that's just an established they're, they're relationship. They're compatible. Really. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't think that this, like the fact that she is her face is someone from a a beer ad is about where it ends. Everything else is just Dean yes. wanting someone who know knows him and loves him and like can be there for him and with him. Yeah, like it's so sad. The um, <laughs> like it's not objectifying as much as it is just tragic. Yeah, yeah, because it's not. This is, I guess, the thing and of why. It's like why the wish works is it's not she's not just the uh, she doesn't just exist to like assert like serve him in that way. You know, like it's not objectifying, Mm -hmm. like you said, like it's she is like a real person in terms of like how she acts, even if she is just happens to be a real person who is very into Dean Winchester and all the things he likes. Um, I mean, we are all very. Yes, no, exactly. (laughs) Um, And so. It's yeah, and so it's like less creepy in the way that this sort of story like can be. Yeah. Like I, I made re- I made the perfect woman for you. Uh-huh. I don't know what that voice yeah. was. It's less Oh, it, okay, the difference <laughs> between the voice. trickster. Yeah, the difference yeah. Between the trickster yeah. and Carmen. Yeah. Is is the yes. the thing that's catching us up here. Yeah. And I think it's good. It's really good. I also really like again, this is minor spoilers. I'm being vague, but um Carmen as parallels against Lisa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he literally just wants to be like capital N normal. Yeah, he wants to be a dad. This is not yet ahead, though. When she like says, season two, Dean doesn't. Oh no. Well, okay, but here's the thing. I think subconsciously, I mean, like he he, does, he would, but he, but like he hasn't doesn't. processed it yet. exactly. Because one of the things Carmen says to keep him there is that we can have a life. Yeah. We can start our own family. <laughs> like that's obviously something Dean wants, even if he hasn't processed mm-hmm. that he wants it yet. But he doesn't like balk at it when she says it, and you know maybe some of that is heteronormativity, but like or al uh, am- 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 normativity. Um, but like it's just, uh, yeah. The this in retrospect is literally so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thinking about this in the grand scheme of the uh-huh. show literally makes me crazy. Uh, okay, first thing, still lives in Lawrence, Kansas. That's that's mm-hmm. great. Dina Dina feels like the guy who would never move out of his hometown. Mm-hmm. If if circumstances did not and it's get so in the good way. as like the opposite of what he actually does, which is drive all over the yeah. country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is spoilers, but like in a way, Dean always returns to Kansas. He is a Kansas boy. Kansas boy. I love he. Um, and also that his like all his framed pictures of like him and Carmen is very funny to me. That like main photo of Carmen like posing on the beach, that's the beer ad, right? Oh, I think Maybe. so. It is, it is. I just checked. Yeah. I just checked. It is the beer ad. Okay. Okay. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's like the main center frame photo. And it's interesting too, because like that's how it got pulled out of his subconscious. It's neat that mm-hmm. the image itself is still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it, And like I noted it, because like this is a weird photo. Like this feels like a photo shoot photo. It's like, it's and, weirdly and it posed. Was. It doesn't seem like a family photo. Um, And then it, yeah, yeah, it turned out it wasn't. Um, I like during scenes call to Sam, who is very confused by this call. Um, 
Dean says, I woke up next to some hot chick. And Sam goes, who, Carmen? <laughs> He's like, you're, you're drunk. You're drunk, dialing. He assumes that Dean got so drunk he yeah. forgot about his girlfriend, which is cute. Because yeah. like, if that was the case, then it would just be, you know, those stories of like people under anesthetic. And they're like, no, I'm, I can't. Yeah. I'm married. You know, like the... He's like, even drunk, he thinks uh, Carmen's hot. It's so cute. Um, but also the assumption that Dean is drunk. Like, it makes sense because, like, he keeps being weird. It's so but it's also so though. fucking sad that, like, the, the people in his dream universe assume he's struggling with the same problems as the real world. Well, I well, think that's true. I think true. it's that he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think that's why it's everyone's first assumption yeah. is that he has or has had a drinking problem. Because when... When Sam shows up, and he's drinking he's got the beer on the one porch, beer. yeah, and he's Sam got like one beer in his hand, yeah. and Sam's like, "Okay, well, I guess here Dean goes yeah. again." Like it's, <gasps> yeah. Which uh, I'll wait. It's, it's like this is I'm yeah. I'm dying so, okay. to talk about a thing. Yeah, but I can wait. Um, when Sam hangs up, we see that he is we we see his side of things, and he is reading a book on criminal law, so he is still pursuing his law boy dreams. Mm-hmm. Law boy affection. Yeah. Which okay, so let's think about timeline for a second. If this follows the same timeline, i.e., Sam went to college right out of high school, this is like four or five or six years down the line. He should be. You said we're a year and a half so. since the pilot, right? Well, we're most of yeah, season two and then down. Sam so twenty three, maybe even twenty four now. Yeah, so he's like in the mid. He's probably close to finishing grad school. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He's probably studying for the bar. Yeah, baby boy, getting married right out of grad school. Anyway, uh huh. Well, yeah, he's got that fucking lawyer check. Yeah, that's true. He's dressed real nice. Yeah, he <laughs> he's got his stupid little like jogging jacket. His uh, his jacket, yeah, like his like sport coat. I love him. He's yeah, got a sp- yeah, his sport coat. I, I wrote down his sport coat. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the few comprehensible notes. Is Sam's nice car, his jacket. Period. I'm gonna I'm gonna post a picture of this for the. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. For the um, Anyway, um, so everyone keeps asking Dean if he's drunk. Yeah, that's where that's we that's where we left off. Um, Dean is like examining yeah. the mail and realizing that he lives with Carmen, whose name he now knows. Um, and Carmen, like, flirts with him. She's like, oh, you can't sleep? Why don't you come back to bed and see, you know? Um, and he's mm-hmm. like, um, sure. <laughs> like, he's he's very happy to come back to bed with this strange hot woman. Um, and she gives him, like, a really sweet kiss. And his eyebrows, like, shoot up. He's so... He makes me so... <laughs> <sighs> Somebody get this he's man so a domestic He's so affection-starved. And then, and then... Oh, God, okay. Mm. I'm not even, I'm not. So he sees a picture (laughs) and we don't Mm -hmm. see it. And he just shatters all over the floor and he takes off, just leaves the house, completely forgets about Carmen. And immediately I knew what was up as he gets home. He gets home, which never burned down. And there's his mom. And his mom's great. She's really good. Like this. Mary. It's it's really good Mary characterization. For for like a character we barely know, or like who's dead before the show starts, um, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I mean, like it's interesting the way it, this is again like getting into the broader like how the Jin Dream work stuff that I want to talk about. But regardless, yeah. um, like he he was very young when Mary died. Like there's this is really like 
looking forward a lot about like what she would mm-hmm. be like uh in a way that is interesting to me um but she feels very as, like as, realistic I again know. this is like a little mm-hmm. bit spoilers but we have said that like we're going to learn more about what mary was really like and like this isn't mm-hmm. really it like he's constructed this perfect mother oh uh, that's really interesting yeah mm-hmm. that's what i wanted to um, ask about yeah like this is oh, the version the, yeah, of the his sandwich. mother he wishes he had like, um, yeah. Wishes. yeah. She's not not like this, but, right, but she this is has definitely a much like more an complex character than of... Dean can even yeah. fathom. Yeah. Um, and I say this because he like tests her after he's already in the house, and he's like, "What did you What did you tell me when I was a kid when you put me to bed?" And yeah. She gives him the I'm right answer because it, this is all out of his own brain anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Also, when he says <laughs> "mom," he looks so young. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Jack very, Dean very. Joseph. Lots of, lots of D- Dean looking vulnerable in this episode. Yeah. He's like so dazed. She's like, "What are you doing here? Are you all right?" And he goes, "I don't know." Uh, he oh, just wants man. to be fucking babied, and I love him, and I'm he so literally sad. Just wants a mom. <laughs> she touches oh. his face like three times in this episode, and like his whole yeah. face just like relaxes into the touch. He tells her she looks beautiful, and she's yeah. like, haha. He tells her that this fucking, like, ham sandwich or whatever. Yeah, it's the best sandwich the best ever. Sandwich ever. <laughs> He's loving that sandwich. Literally, I... Uh... <laughs> you can tell why this episode lives in our heads. Uh-huh. Okay, then we see uh, Dean examining Mary's picture wall, um, and... So John like played first, softball. First, we see John and Mary and Dean and Sam, and Sam is like a child, not a baby. So like this is already mm-hmm. a reality that never existed. And then like Dean yeah. just like looking into the camera and like his baseball cap. Dean at a at an, an, uh, prom date. Sam's graduation, and then John okay softball. Like it's so pause. <laughs> Sam's graduation picture. Did you guys catch that it looks like John's been like awkwardly superimposed into it? I didn't what? Okay, hold on. I was like, oh, I guess that's I was actually Jerry's very good attention. picture. I'm posting this. Yeah, I'm posting this. That's kind of what I assumed. I'm posting this. Look at this. So the color gradation on him, on him is different. He's like... Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's different lighting. It. I'm pretty sure he's been photoshopped into this picture. And he's standing, like, so off Jared's to the side. like he's picture. Like, John and Mary have both been yeah. added. It's just John wasn't added as well. But Mary looks oh. weird. Like, Mary doesn't quite look like Mary yeah. in this picture. <laughs> Wait, what does Jared Padalecki's mother look like? <laughs> no, I think it is Samantha Smith. It's just maybe she's also younger here. Anyway, this picture also makes yeah, me crazy because like like, you can literally see Dean's reflection in the picture. Just like the ghost mm, yeah, family. Yeah. And like the, the family is more present than he is. Like this idealized version that never happens. And then like him... <sighs> Also, wait a second. Wait a second. There's another really weird thing about this picture. Look at how long his arm is. Look at the way his arm is reaching out. Like the the perspective is off on it. Like they've that's absolutely been painted. Yeah, they've yeah. they've like photoshopped this to put in um to put in John and Mary. It's uh, it's but not only shot you with John and Mary unless you're like specifically to put Sam's arm around John to imply like in this universe they don't have beef or didn't rather yeah instead Sam and Dean have beef yeah 
Anyway, yeah, it's like, it's not a big deal. However, I did notice that John looked really weird in it. And now I'm looking even closer at it and noticing more weird things about this picture. Yeah. If you look really close at it, it does look really funny. Yeah, luckily they only show um, it for like a second unless you pause and screenshot yeah. it. Um, I, mean, I was watching this episode while running Praetorium and had it like minimized in the corner of the screen. And I still noticed that something was weird about it. <laughs> Wyatt, that's because you're neurodivergent. This is also where I'll Dean finds out that John is dead, because um, Mary uses past tense mm. to refer to him, and Dean goes, "Dad's dead." Yeah. And the thing that killed him was a. And Mary says, "A stroke. He died in his sleep. You know that." And Dean says, "That's great." He does say, mm-hmm. "That's great" about his dad being dead, but he means like that he went peacefully. But it is a weird thing, which is why Mary reacts so weirdly. Like that is a very strange thing to say, mm-hmm. but like his. Yeah wish first reality is not like yep. oh i wish i had my whole family alive his wish first is i wish my mother had never died but also like in it just so happens that john is still dead just you know yeah yeah this is okay gotta talk i i can't wait any lo- longer to talk about this dream and how this dream works okay. yeah go i'm um, very excited to talk so- about this this has been the subject of my thoughts for probably about eight years <laughs> so there's a there's a bit in the matrix where Agent Smith is talking to Morpheus about the Matrix and why the Matrix is what it is, like why it's 1999 um, and why it's not like this perfect utopia. And Agent Smith says, it's like, because you guys knew it was fake. Like, you couldn't be happy here. It was too perfect for you and you saw through it. So we had to make it bad. And like, this is like, he goes off about how much mm-hmm. he hates humanity in that scene, et cetera, et cetera. But it feels like there's a similar thing going on here where yeah. it, can't be too perfect and obviously like as dean himself says later it's like yeah this isn't my perfect world this is just like the world in which i wished for like my mom to be here but it is in some ways it is his perfect world like yeah in it's some good way like, he that, like, has a lot of the things that he wants s- s- it's but good enough that it's seriously tempting to stay here um yeah Mm-hmm. It's just like there but, is this dark undercurrent besides the people he hasn't saved. There's also like the tension mm-hmm. with him and Sam and the fact that like he has um, th- th- he has these implied alcohol issues that like the people in his life think he's kind of a fuck up, which to be clear, alcoholism is not a personality failing. But um, yeah, like it, within the show, it is often treated as one. And so like this idea that like even in a supposedly perfect world, like he still has like self-esteem issues and reasons for it and i'm very sad and sam also mentions that like when they were younger dean did a lot of like crappy stuff to sam that's like that's a big thing that i wanted to talk about here for like the the Mm -hmm. matrixness of this is like what does it say about dean that this is the life that makes sense for him like this is how he would imagine his future to be like like it it this is real enough for it to not feel fake for him is like how much of an asshole he was to like Sam in high school or like the fact that he's like an alcoholic, the fact that he's apparently like stolen from his mother in the past. It's all like really juicy for me. Yeah, well, and I mean, with Sam, Dean tells Carmen that he can make up with Sam, that he can like become best friends with him like he is in the real world. And um, I think maybe that in a way is not just a manifestation of Dean's like self- consciousness but also like the gin giving another little piece of bait because like yeah. dean being able to yes yes have sam who got like jessica got all of his dreams and then having something to work through that doesn't involve monsters something so mundane as like yeah i slept with his prom date yep. 
and it was shitty of me, but it was 20 years ago and we can move on. Like, this... Sam isn't bitter about it. No. He's like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. But, like, why are you acting like this to me? And Dean wants to make that connection where, in the real world, it just naturally manifests. Yeah. Yes. And I think for him, it's like, it's it's a challenge that he wants to undergo. Um, and so, this yeah. is, an, like, another big thing that I wanted to talk about, like, uh, regarding this dream and how it works, is... It's really interesting and cool and good to me. And well, it's not, I mean, it's bad. It's, but what the Jin's doing is bad, but it's good, like, plot, like, writing or, like, good for how this dream works. Of, like, Dean's life isn't perfect, but he has the chance to fix it. Like, he literally mm -hmm. says, like, I feel mm -hmm. like I got a second chance. Like, yeah. he has something to work toward in a way that if his life was perfect, like, I'm not sure if Dean would be happy or, like, I think he might see through it. But because mm. it's like, oh, I have this goal now to, like, rekindle my relationship with Sammy. Like, he, start, like, starts focusing on that. And it's only when he realizes that, like, all these people are, um, like, all, all these people haven't been saved. And also he's getting those glimpses of the people that the djinn has killed. Like, that's what makes him, like, give up on this. But he is so close mm -hmm. to not giving up on it. Yeah, he wants his problems to be like, interpersonal rather than supernatural. Yeah. He wants low stakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I want to fix this. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's pretty a much the only... Well, and yeah, he's a mechanic. He works at a garage. He fixes cars. Yeah. Which is, which importantly is also what John did. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think, like, the only thing Dean cares about as much or more or sometimes less, depending on the stakes... Uh, the only thing he cares as much about as Sam is saving people. Um, and yep. so that's really what, like, it, that's, like, the fact that so many people died is what ended up breaking him out of the dream. And I think that's another interesting thing to talk about with this dream is, like, yeah. if the djinn had, had complete control over it, yeah, if the djinn hadn't, like, had that be a thing, then Dean never would have broken out. But so that makes me think that the djinn doesn't construct this whole dream. It like runs more of a simulation. Yeah, yeah like it gives his um, brain the starting point and then like lets his brain fill in the gaps. Yeah. And then and like and it just runs through like the natural sequence of events as he imagines of them. It. Yeah. And um, those is, events are so important connect. to Dean. Yeah. I want to like in to, him. Like, Dean's shitty behavior mm -hmm. as a teenager and young adult where like i think this is I, I would like to read it as such that um because mary never died john never became the asshole he is um like he's still as we've said like he wasn't a good dad to begin with but like he never became the version of john that we know um yeah and so dean could get away with more and so dean real dean's brain constructs a version of himself where he was free to be a jerk because he's scared that he would be a jerk like he thinks he yeah. might have been mm -hmm. a bad person in another world um which is again like he's attributing the fact that he's not this shitty person to the fact that john was hard on him yeah mm. yeah the way he justifies john's treatment of him by saying it's like when people are like you know well i got spanked and i turned out okay yeah type yeah. of stuff and it's like no you didn't turn out okay <laughs> clearly uh dean dean is justifying retroactively because he is certain that if john didn't treat him the way that he did he would have ended up being you know a fuck up in a different way yeah uh it's just very very sad 
It's good shit. I also think that it's just, it's um, the shit. idea that like Dean is the one putting this together and not like an actual glimpse into another reality is um, the fact that Jess is okay. Is because like in his mind, mm-hmm. I, I guess this might be spoilers. I, I'm not sure like how to phrase this, but like Mary not dying was the like initial wish, right? And so the mm-hmm. premise there is that the yellow eyed demon never killed her, and therefore, why would the yellow eyed demon kill Jess? But like the actual reason for Jess dying is more about Sam, so like mm-hmm. it they're not directly connected the way that Dean thinks they are. Like, I'm trying not to give actual spoilers, but like the way things happened are is like it's more complicated and more Sam centered than Dean realizes, so like mm-hmm. he's built this world Mm -hmm. where if mary never died then sam would have his normal happy life and like the facts of later seasons say that would not be the case Mm. yeah and also i think it has to do with like dean just wants sam to have a good life too so in dean's perfect world sam has a perfect life he has the life he wanted he has you know he has his his college degree he's you know got his girlfriend that he loves you know the only thing that's different is that he and Dean aren't as close because I think Dean is very deeply afraid that were it not for hunting that unites them, they would be this like cold sibling relationship that Sam wouldn't put up with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just a, like a really good deep look at Dean's insecurities. I love how this is supposed to yeah. be a show about Sam, <laughs> and then we just get Dean episode after Dean yeah, episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's there's no way this is a show about Sam anymore. Like not with this episode. No way. No. If you're gonna do an episode like this, you do that for the protagonist, and they knew who was the mm-hmm. more interesting character to put in the Matrix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Although Emma. The thing you mentioned about this being a glimpse a glimpse into an alternate universe, like a djinn can manipulate that and like bring it in as a fantasy is really interesting that I never thought about um, because trying to be as vague as possible, uh, which I've hinted to several times there, like there is the idea of the multiverse oh, yeah, explored for sure. later on in the show mm. um, in several different episodes, <laughs> but uh, it's very interesting that idea that this could have been something that they used early on to introduce that idea which obviously they didn't because this is season two but like i think there's also a really interesting read of Jin being so powerful that they can just tap into alternate realities and put it in your head yeah so i think like, like I think the, that's really the, cool where i was going for is more like the the Jin even before you find out that this is a dream like the Jin hasn't just shoved him into another reality yeah yeah, uh, I yeah, I think both of those are really good either way. I just wanted to like highlight the thing that you said hadn't even occurred to me, but like thinking about it, that would be a really cool like power to give a creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also is really interesting in retrospect, knowing what I know about the show as a whole. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's next? Um. So we were technically still on the Dean and Mary scene, and Mary says I love you, and Dean says me too, and mm-hmm. my handwriting gets really bad here. Mm. Dean loves to mow the lawn. Um, he gets this delicious it's sandwich. So wait, the, wait, before that, before I love that. the little like white man wave he gives to the neighbor yeah. across. Yeah. The also, speaking of this scene, what is this a wonderful world remix when he's mowing the lawn? What is this? It's so funny. It's so <laughs> funny. But it's like yeah, this is a like. This is a song that is applicable to the situation, but we have to de it. It's it's Joey Ramone, apparently. I had no idea Joey Ramone did like a weird, like upbeat rock version of What a Wonderful World. 
Yeah, it's, it's not. I don't think it's good. I think it's bad. I don't think the song was meant to be performed in such a way. It, it and I think in that way, like I would, because I had the same thought. Is like it's very uh and uh anachronistic to like how the mood of the song generally is, mm -hmm. where it's like this really slow, deep blues, jazz like kind of song. But I think that unnaturalness mm -hmm. kind of aids the like unreal uncanny valley like matrixness of it yeah that's fair so i think like it ended up working even though iso in isolation it does not work yeah at all. It's no really i'm weird. i'm with you that's a good read also no shade on joey ramone i like the ramones i just don't i just don't like this song <laughs> um can i go back to the dean and mary scene the first time um Mary says that she's yes. going to call Carmen to have her pick him up because he's clearly been drinking. And he says, don't do that. Don't do that. I want to stay here. <sighs> he wants to stay here. Um, and uh, she says, why? He says, because I miss the place. It's okay. You go to bed. And she, like, very tenderly strokes his face. And she says, are you sure you're all right? And he says, I think so, with, like, giant eyes. And I love him. And I'm so sad. Also, notably, I believe he sleeps on the couch, even though... Clearly, there are guest bedrooms. Yeah. I just think that's really interesting. And if I wanted to reach, I would say that, like, he's sleeping near the door because he is afraid of what might come in. Like, he's afraid of uh, something physically oh. entering this dream of his and shattering the reality. Hey, I've come uh, around completely on the use of this being of the use of this version of Wonderful World because I did not know this. Um, oh, what? The, 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 this cover of A Wonderful World is from Joey Ramone's posthumous album, Don't Worry About Me, which he sang and wrote when he knew he was dying of lymphoma, which uh, is now, has now made me very sad. And the use of this song, I think, is actually very good now, of it being this happy, upbeat song that actually, yeah, has is there's a lot of like sadness underneath that. Uh-huh. God, the layers. Sorry, sorry for the big downer, but like I wanted to, I <laughs> wanted to call attention. Yeah, how dare you okay. make this episode about? I wanted to Dean bring that to the floor the there. His imaginary happy life, sad. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> literally dying. Also, Dean acts of service Winchester. Yeah, he's so happy to mow the lawn for his mom. <laughs> he's um, so happy to mow the lawn. The his mom's like, what? What? <laughs> you mow the lawn? Have you ever mowed the lawn? Yeah, Dean. Dean says. Uh, sorry, the transcript says that Dean waves to the neighbor like a regular guy does in this regular world. That's very funny. And then the neighbor is, like, totally weirded yeah. out. Which, again, like, works for this, like, this is not, this is supposed to be, this is a real, thanks, dogs. Which, again, fits for this being, like, as little of a, oh, god fucking damn it. <laughs> for this being... <laughs> i'm just gonna leave this in now because it's come around to being funny uh this is like this is not a a like saccharine constructed reality in a way that like if it was like weird and fake um i mean it is weird and fake but you know what i mean like this guy would have waved back and so like dean's back. the only it's weird not one very surprised by it well i guess he does wave yeah, back it's... but yeah he's like he he waves back in like an awkward like i guess we're doing this way yeah it's not Uncanny Valley in the WandaVision yeah. way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uncanny Valley because we know something is yeah. wrong. And that we know there is something up, but we just haven't 
been able to put our fingers on it yet because the show hasn't given us the information also um this is this is a rough episode if you got social anxiety the amount of like <laughs> secondhand embarrassment i felt from dean just completely like not even yeah. remotely bothering to talk around the things that are strange to him yeah. is so much <laughs> literally he goes where'd you guys come He's from just, like, acting like we a just weirdo. flew in from california and dean goes california stanford huh law school i bet which is like such a weird thing to say to your brother you know it's is in stanford a, law school uh he's so bad at lying this is the thing we always he's know and say about dean bother. winchester is he's terrible at lying he's and terrible so at, like happy. not and he doesn't yeah. even know jess first of all mm -hmm. he literally met her once he's so happy to see her yeah he hugs her so fucking tight well he's happy for like, him right because yeah. he feels so bad for but sam about also, what happened to him yeah also like i think he has this affection for Jess by proxy like mm -hmm. he doesn't know her mm -hmm. but he knows of he knows her. she made Sam and happy. also he's just happy that this yeah yeah and he's also happy that this girl didn't fucking yeah die. I mean the same was I was very happy I wrote in all caps in my notes Jessica I was very happy to see her and that she's not dead even yeah. though she is I dead. wrote Jess heart emoji yeah like and he hugs her so tight and she's like she's surprised, like weird but like pleased she's like okay Dean I missed you too I can't breathe okay <laughs> like it's so sweet yeah like and I think it does just a little bit of justice for being fridged in the first episode. But, like, the chemistry that she has in this episode makes her feel like an established returning character and not just the the impetus for Sam's man pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the writing in this episode is very good at, like, making the characters yeah. believable. Like, this we barely episode. know Mary. We know Mary as a ghost yeah. in uh, One Nine Home. Um, like... But still, like, everyone feels, like, fleshed out. It's really good. Yeah. It feels like they have a whole life and backstory. Like, a lot of work went into this episode. Mm -hmm. A lot of thought like, went into, like, where universe. would these characters be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. More more thought went into Jessica's writing in this episode than went into the pilot. <laughs> yeah. And she actually has, like, a decent amount of lines in that episode. Yeah. Um, of course, this scene is... Uh, Zine is very excited, but then immediately that gets stepped on because Sam you know, notices Dean is being weird and holding a beer and goes, I see you started off mom's birthday with a bang as usual, as Wyatt pointed out. And then Dean goes, wait, mom's birthday, that's that's today? And Sam says, yeah, that's today. That's why we're here. Don't tell me you forgot. Like, not surprised that Dean has fucked up. Which, okay, Dean knows Mary's birthday. Surely he's, I don't like, think in somehow found out the date. mom's birthday, because he would know. Like the, the well, time also, doesn't have it's to be. Quite I mean, like in the universe, he would know the date. Yeah, I'm saying, like in universe, he like exactly, like he definitely saw the knows news. The, the actual date. He hasn't seen the news yet. Yeah, he hasn't well, looked or, at a calendar. You know, he just assumes it's real time. So I, I, I don't think know. that it's implied. I suppose that it is like not. 2007. So, but like he has his phone. He's looked at his phone. So he do like, you? How sure. often do you check the date true. when you look what at your phone? You know what the day is. Every. Every day, I don't know what okay, to do. but how often is it important that you do? Every day, I work. Okay, fair. He doesn't. I don't work a s consistent schedule, Emma. <laughs> but Dean doesn't either, but he doesn't have, like, a place of By the way, to go to. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, everyone, that the episode was late last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of schedules. I love how the Supernatural writers just know that Sam is destined to be a douchebag. <laughs> Like, if he weren't forced into the, like, hyper-masculine, uh -huh. flannel-wearing hunter uh -huh. reality, literally, it at every opportunity they have to have Sam be, like, 
not a hunter. They're just, yeah, he's a Oh, douche. yeah, he would be the it's most, so like, good. well-meaning, petite bourgeoisie liberal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's great. He, he would be tweeting about, um, like, shaking hands across the aisle uh, and, like... And and also like talking about respectability. Yeah. <laughs> he would he would be like now the those protesters I, they're they're not I I understand what they're doing but they're not doing it the right way. He's got like a proud ally sticker <laughs> on his car. <laughs> I don't want to throw shade at anybody, but I saw like a TikTok of someone in their journal not only had a proud ally sticker on it but also the um i can never understand but i stand sticker and i was like god help us what does that mean it's the it's the like i can never understand the struggle black people go through but i stand with you what thing but it's it not rocket science that someone, that someone presumably bought from a white person on etsy oh. Yeah. Anyway, this is a supernatural podcast. Can we get back to the episode? <laughs> um, now Sam proposes. Well, okay, Sam doesn't propose there. He announces. Sam had their proposed. Sam announces his proposal. Um, yeah. this and is where Carmen so is like, "Do we want to get him. you a burger later?" Oh, uh, Dean's so happy mm -hmm. for yeah. He's so happy. Dean has incredible like just vibing energy in this whole like episode. He's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, everything's going great." I'm just happy to be here. He literally here. just wants to be a passive yeah. person. In he's his just, he just—he wants to observe he everyone to having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Because real Dean yeah. in the real world is forced into the position of always being responsible and always being the one who has to be in charge because he knows best, which is both mm -hmm. true in the sense mm -hmm. of like civilians who don't know about the supernatural and untrue in the sense that like he's not Sam's keeper. Um, I mean, I guess he is, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> He has been He's had to be in charge and doing everything he doesn't that, want to do. Like yeah. he just wants to to watch TV with his girlfriend who is a nurse, and he wants to be yeah. a mechanic, mm -hmm. and he wants to mow he the wants lawn. to go out and have a drink with his brother and their partners yeah. to celebrate something totally fucking normal. That is, don't get me wrong, an engagement is something we're celebrating. Yeah. But to him, like it's totally, it's just a normal thing. They're not celebrating decapitating a vampire. Yeah. It's like normal people things the normal life that dean said he would kill himself if he had to live i mean technically he does like dean's <sighs> yeah that's true dean's domestication mm -hmm. domestication uh begins mm -hmm. now shooting the domestication beam at him <laughs> um you will cook breakfast for your family <laughs> at the very end of the episode part of what dean is like saying he missed out on by not staying there is like mom was gonna have grandkids mm -hmm. yeah oh uh... sorry i just i connected two dots in my head and it gave me great pain mm. it? i'm gonna i'm gonna text you <laughs> uh... <laughs> um so dean sees the spooky yeah, ghost in the restaurant <laughs> and this is the scene like I, we've mostly talked about the dean and sam stuff so i don't know if we really need to go like big into this whole scene but yeah it's yeah. like when it's dean's like sad. let's go get a drink and it's so awkward and sam's like can you guys leave i'm gonna talk to my brother and then he's like what's gotten into you this whole like fuzzy ecstasy trip thing and like just just doesn't get why dean's so happy yeah 
Which is insane, mm. because Dean is usually the one being like, none of that fuzzy bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. now Sam is calling him on being overly affectionate and happy and, like, emotional. It's so... Yeah, ugh. I think the best line, by which I mean the most insanity-inducing line, um, is uh, Sam says... Dean says, I'm just happy for you, Sammy. And Sam says, yeah, right, that's another thing. Since when do you call me Sammy? Woo! Ugh. Screaming! Yeah. 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 Uh. <laughs> And then we get the, the Carmen scene that I'm dating a nurse. We talked about all this already. Um, and then Dean watches some late night TV. I noted down he's watching cooking shows, which is great. It's mm -hmm. very good. It's a callback to Dean and food. Um, and what mm -hmm. you guys said about Dean wanting to cook slash liking cooking. Um, um, also, there's a bit with and Carmen. And he sees the crashes. Uh, where he, he, this is where he says the bit about being given a second chance. And... Um, they have some cute chemistry he kisses her and then he says you know i get it and she says get what and he says well you're the one which is <laughs> he made her up oh, and he has no yeah. idea yeah he yeah he literally barely knows her but he is already fucking in love yeah. with her he's like, like yeah i can see myself spending he, the rest of my life with this woman yeah like he is so happy and content with her that he doesn't even like, he doesn't even care that he doesn't, like, remember how they got together or anything. He's like, that doesn't matter. That's immaterial. Like, she's here now, and this is great. Yeah. Also, so she sad. touches his face in this scene. Yeah. Like, like crazy. I am very pro-Dean getting his I face know. touched. I think somebody should have their hands on his cheeks at all times. <laughs> Squish him. Yeah, Dean watches some late-night TV. And sees all the people that uh, have died now, which we talked about that. Uh, and then we get this mm -hmm. graveyard scene, um, which oh, I'm going to um, read this. Just, just to, like, brush in on the people he hasn't saved. Uh, it's specifically the ones from Phantom Traveler, um, Something Wicked, something about parents being mutilated. So I don't know what that was. It might have been the clown one. Uh, and then Playthings. I think was, clown, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, I'm going to read this speech. Because uh, yes. this is extremely good high melodrama. It's good. I cry. Um, so Dean says, All of them. Everyone that you saved, everyone Sammy and I saved, they're all dead. And there's this woman that's haunting me. I don't know why. I don't know what the connection is, not yet anyway. It's like my old life is, is coming after me or something. Like it like doesn't want me to be happy. Of course, I know what you'd say. Well, not the you that played softball, but... So go hunt the djinn. He put you here, can put you back. Your happiness for all those people's lives. No contest, right? But why? Why is it my job to save these people? Why do I have to be some kind of hero? And here he starts to cry. What about us, huh? What, mom's not supposed to live her life? Sammy's not supposed to get married? Why do we have to sacrifice everything, dad? <sighs> Buddy. Yeah. And then he starts I have a very, very crying and then he goes like just quiet standing over the grave as he like imagines Yeah this conversation and then he goes, Yeah, and like wipes his face and walks off and goes to kill the gym. Yep. yep. And then yeah. we get a call back to the pilot with him sneaking in, Sam comes down, yeah. um yeah. and it it happens the exact same way. Um and he uh he he even does the like I was looking for a beer thing mm -hmm. i also like how sam silver. comes down with a baseball bat this suburban bitch yeah. yeah i have such going back a little bit i have such a soft spot for care like for protagonists getting tired of having to sacrifice so much of themselves and just wanting to be able to rest mm -hmm. 
Yeah. <sighs> also, there's a U.S. flag on John's grave because he was in the armed forces. Yeah. So mm, Sam finds out that Dean's looking for the silver. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's really I'm really. Dean says, mm. "You want the truth?" And Sam says, "Yeah, yeah, I do." And Dean lies. Um. And then. Yeah. Uh, Sam says, oh, I can't believe money. we're even related. Yeah, he does. And Dean's like, I gotta do Which this. Which is more of his... Sorry, no, you go on. <laughs> I was gonna continue. I'm, I'm keeping us moving forward. If you want to stay on something, say it. Well, I was just gonna say it's just more, you know, classist stuff from yeah. Sam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Also, at the end of this... Yeah, this is... I mean, I mentioned, like, we'll talk about this more in the next episode. Yeah, this episode emphasizes even more the like social difference between the two boys and really like it, yeah it makes perfect sense that there's this amount of distance between them and like hunting really was the thing that drew them together because they are so different like they really as as carmen says they really don't have a lot in common mm -hmm. and uh also i think it's a very interesting reversal of where like um in the real world sam was the white sheep of the family because he didn't want to hunt and in this world dean is or sam was the black sheep i was um, wondering what you were going for there and in this and this and in this world dean is the black sheep because he like his family is this kind of perfect suburban reality or at least like it's given the the facade of um yeah and dean is like kind of your typical like jerkwad early aughts dude yeah who gets into trouble and stuff he's still dean and of course everyone is still like the same as they are in the real world but like now that the circumstances has changed dean is the also one this out. is yeah. still dean's perception of not percept this is dean's construction of things like this is yes what dean's mind mm -hmm. thinks sammy thinks of him or would think of him would think of him yeah yeah he's broadcasting his insecurities and justifying them yep um, then we get this whole big old scene of like them in the car together. Oh, Sam's gonna right come with that, them. Um, I like that. As, as Dean is about to head out, he says, uh, "Hey, tell mom I love her." And then he's like, "Gonna go." So, because in his mind, like Wait. he knows, yeah, that he's this never gonna see her again. Is, like messed yeah, up no, in some right. way, so he's not going to get to keep this life. Um, but yep. maybe if this is a different reality, like this version of Sam will continue to exist with this version of Mary. Yeah. It's sort of, it's kind of unclear, like, what Dean thinks is going to happen to this place. Like, if he thinks that killing the djinn is going to save those people, if this is an alternate reality, that wouldn't be the case. But that doesn't really matter. The thing that I think is interesting is even though he's at the point where it's like, yeah, this is probably all fake, um, he still treats everyone in it like they're people. Like, the, like they're, he, mm -hmm. he doesn't. He doesn't get the uh, the time loop nihilism situ of like it doesn't matter what happens to these people here because it doesn't exist slash it's not going to yeah. exist. He doesn't do the Simone. He doesn't have thing. the. He doesn't do the. You're not real. Yeah. And like hurt people by saying yeah. that. You know. Because like I think even in his own mind, like he can't hurt the people he cares about, even if they aren't yeah. real. Because like, well, he does throw Sam's the... phone out the window. <laughs> Well, but he would probably do that in real yeah. life if the circumstances yeah. required it. Um, Which is really funny, by the way. I love it. It is really that. funny. So it's like, it's my phone. And it's so two thousand. <laughs> he's it's so two thousand seven. Cause like, if if that were like an iPhone twelve, <laughs> yeah, like it would be so different. Yeah. 
Yeah. Also, I posted. Fucking, I posted like, in the chat. Um, oh my god! Yeah. The first shot we have of Sam, he's looking at his phone, and th is this a message he sent or no, it's a message he's gotten? Right. I have no idea. I have no clue either way. It's <laughs> but it's really the funny. most like there's. It's the most like nothing message ever. But we should post in the rest just because the way it's written is really funny. It's like, <laughs> hey, dude, capital D, dude, a billion like ellipses. How are you doing, man? I've been doing pretty darn good myself. I've been meaning to sit down and write to you, but I've been so darn busy. I've been meaning to call him. Hey, what's a fella? Like yep. It's literally an email written like a letter to somebody in Victorian England that you haven't seen <laughs> in years. And you're just like giving a like quick catch up on what your uh -huh. life's been like, but with lots of darns. It's also weird, like, I don't know, kerning? Like the, the line breaks are very oddly placed. Yeah. Yeah, it just looks really yeah. funny. It's no really idea. funny. Like, did they type it up and like do um, shift enter in middle and then transfer it to a different screen? That it's it's it jammed like, like oh, a well. poem. Like, it's really weird. <laughs> this is Sam's uh, poetry on his notes app. Yeah, well, I don't. Go I think this it. is a message he's gotten because he has the option to reply. Um, mm. Well, his friend is a his dork. Friend, his friend's Christopher Cooper, which that's not anybody, right? No. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, back on topic, back in the scene, um, before he throws the phone out the window, uh, when Dean's like, why are you doing this? Uh, Sam says, because you're still my brother. And the Dean, this triggers something in Dean where he immediately goes, bitch, because he's, because he like, he's like, this is my Sammy. Okay, and and then Sam's the like, and the Sam yeah. goes, what are you calling me a bitch for? <laughs> he's so confused. He's like, what? And, and very dean very disappointed is like you're supposed to say jerk and sam goes what and dean's like never mind yeah sam very is sad. very confused uh, in this whole entire scene it's really good yeah. he's like what the fuck it's is so dean cute to? and like why do you have lambs blood why i love getting to here? watch what's, sam what's be a... it's really good yeah it's like outsider pov but i love getting sam. to watch sam be a civilian he's like okay um yeah. stop the car yeah and when they reach the the location, Dean's like, we're not in Kansas anymore. And it's like, haha, I made a joke. And Sam completely sandbags him. And he's like, oh. Yeah, it's great. It's like, okay, we're in Illinois. Mm. Um, the Impala has different license plates in Dreamworld. I don't know if it means anything, but the license plate here is RMZ5H2, um, hmm. which is a Kansas plate. And we see the, they go into the thing, they see the gin, Sam's like, you're right, actually, what the heck? And, uh, it's like, be, it's got this woman, like, chained up, is drinking her blood. Um, Very yeah, creepy. and Dean's um, like, that's me, that's probably me, what if that's me? And he starts, like, going into shock a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. also this, when they're, when they're heading in, um. Mr. Saturday Night Special plays, and this is how I found out that the line is blue and cold, not blue and gold. Oh. Also, Aids keeps laughing at me when I, I recognize like anything. classic rock songs. I don't know if this counts as classic rock. Don't come at me. I don't know any music genres. Um, I like I know dad rock. It's like, why do you think I know dad rock? I have a dad who listens to dad rock. Um, Dean put it of me, I guess. <laughs> anyway, he <laughs> could. Speaking of dads, the woman. The girl he's been seeing um, as she's like waking. I mentioned this in my synopsis, but she she asks, "Where's my dad?" Because um, apparently in the dream she's been given her father back, which is yeah, nice and it's a good, it's evenly a good paralleled against glimpse. Dean, who didn't want his dad back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I at one point he says, uh, we got work to do to Sam. And I just wanted to call that out because it's one of the yeah. few comprehensible notes I have. <laughs> so there's a lot of like parallels to the pilot. Yes. And I think that's it's really good. good. And then Dean's like, okay, I know how to get out of this problem. I'll kill myself. Gonna, gonna, you die in the dream, you wake up in real life. Uh-huh. And Sam goes, you're gonna kill yourself. And he goes, or I'm gonna wake up. Ooh. Yeah. I love how Dean goes, oh, it's an old wives' tale. And he doesn't, like, also consider the Freddy Krueger aspect of, like, if you die in the dream, you die uh-huh. for real. Where he's, but also in his brain, it's like, okay, well, either I die or I die. Yeah. <laughs> you either kill yourself or get killed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, wait, like wait. in this way he's like okay killing myself would be better than like getting drained by a gin i guess is his yeah. brain he goes i'm 90 percent sure and that's sure enough for me and it's like damn dude are you okay <laughs> the answer is of course <laughs> no. no but like <laughs> it's literally just this image <laughs> yeah yeah die or die dude you either die or you die <laughs> <laughs> and hey, it's Aladdin, so oh, there we it's go. extra fitting. It's, it's fitting. Oh, God, I love uh, that. <laughs> it's very good. Um, anyway, this breaks the dream, and all the dream NPCs come out and are like, don't do it, Dean, stay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where Dean uh, says and you're this, not real. Yeah, and this feels like the djinn uh, himself, like, coming, yeah. It, yeah, like, like, speaking like the... through these people now. Or I mean, the, I don't like, think the, the gin itself is like, yeah, exactly, the safe. Like, if the person yeah. gets too close yeah. to actually trying to wake up, then this is the the This isn't measure. the matrix. Like, the gin itself it's isn't, the, like, like, have a hand on his head telling him this. Like, this is yeah. just the effect of yeah. being in the dream. Sure. Yeah. It's the firewall. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I guess what I mean is, is that he gets lore. Like, he he's like... Uh, Dean's like, the, din- the gin will drain life out of me in a couple of days, and Mary is like, it'll feel like years, like a lifetime, like, explains, like, oh, this is how this works, don't, you're like, you'll have a good time in here, don't leave, like, sure, you'll die in a couple of days, but it's not a couple of days, like, it's a good deal, it is a good deal, I think. It is a very good deal. Yeah. Um, it also makes me know that other Mary, hand, none of these Mary people is now in her nightgown. But on the other hand, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. very important, she's yeah. in the nightgown she she's died in. She's in the Mary look. Um... The and Mary. she says, yeah. um, it's still better than anything you had. It's everything you want. We're a family again. Let's go home. <sighs> My notes get very messy here. Notice how again, when she, she she's says, the one touching we're space, a family right? again, it, I yeah, think so. it is. She takes his chin in her hand. Yeah. Um, but it's very noticeable how she says we're a family again, implying that they can be a family without John. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that Where guy. it's kind of, the rest of the show kind of shows that like theirs will always be a broken family because Mary is gone. Yeah. Um, Mary is like the fulcrum. And John is just kind of extra. <laughs> um and then Mary while she's like holding his face in like both hands, um, she says, get some rest. And he, he has his eyes closed. Like he literally just wants yeah. some rest. And Jess says, You don't have to worry about Sam yeah. anymore. You get to watch him live a full life. And Carmen says, We can have our own family. I love you, please. And then Sam says, why is it our job to save everyone? Haven't we done enough? Yeah. Kind of like parroting what Dean says in front of the gravestone earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar to uh, episode one of season two, where the Reaper's like, you should rest now. Like, you've, do- you've done your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've done enough. 
it's time to move on. Carry on, my wayward son. <laughs> there will be peace when you there are There will gone. be peace. <laughs> uh, lay your weary head to rest, Dean. Don't you cry no more. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why that's the song, right? Like, it's That's true. the theme it's of the true. show. We're going to keep getting it's hit with this. Carry on my wayward son forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. There is no peace until you die in a barn. <laughs> and then two years anyway. a year and a half later, people will still be making podcasts about this stupid show. <laughs> Supernatural is the um, that keeps on taking. And then Dean anyway, apologizes Dean to these himself. imaginary he people. He says, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's great. Um, and then, like, Sam, Dream Sam transitions into real world Sam of, like, Dream it's Sam, really like, good. freaking There's out like that he's dead. Shift. And then, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's a good transition. And then Dean says, uh, Auntie, uh, Auntie M, there's no place like home. Immediately starts joking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Also, I want to draw attention. I didn't really, like, notice it, notice it, but I feel like the colors in the Gin Dream are so much brighter yeah, it's no longer like, a desaturated put show the grayscale yeah. yeah and then obvious obviously when he comes back it's the the dark um, aesthetic you know well and also just like it's the dark warehouse yeah, or wherever he's at and then even in the in the motel it, it's just really good it's obvious if they always people always do that because it's the obvious choice but it's still good <laughs> it's kind of another one of those hints that there's something deeply wrong yeah i forgot place. to mention back in the dream um, as he's realizing that he's in fact there, um, there's um, there's like the people who are hanging from their wrists, and then there's one rope dangling from the ceiling. That's Dean's. It's really good. It's very ominous. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the entire like warehouse with the people like hooked up to IV drips and like the withered corpses. It's very good. It's very creepy. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I said it's a good deal, it's but scary. also it's not. Like it's scary. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a hard yeah, decision, but I feel like breaking out of the dream is the right one. I don't know. I don't want to be gin food. Yeah. I mean, I know, choosing to sucks. stay in the dream is just another form of suicidal ideation. Yeah, that's that's also the thing. It's true. Is like, he would just yeah, be like the people. Die. Yeah, the people in your actual real life, like you're way. gonna die in two days, and they're all gonna be sad. Yeah, real sad would have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> real Sam would have to be sad about him. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which is probably one of the things that pushes him forward. Yeah. Is, like, not being able to abandon the real And Sam. all the people he but can like, save. Yeah. and But, like, he deeply, deeply wants to be selfish yep. in this moment. Yeah. And I don't think, like, selfish kind of has, like, a negative connotation, but I think, like, there are times where it's okay and, yeah. like, it's understandable to be selfish. I mean... Um, and sometimes it's okay to act selfishly. With this being the topic, let's just jump straight to that final scene. Because, yeah, like, they, they kill the yeah. djinn, they save the girl, there's nothing really worth talking about there and mm -hmm. then dean says like yeah i want to just stay i want to say so bad i mean ever since dad all i could all i can think about is how much this job's cost us we've lost so much we've sacrificed so much and it's only season let two. them rest let them take a break let them go to hollywood and become key grips or whatever <laughs> pas mm -hmm. yeah uh, sam goes i'm glad you dug yourself out most people wouldn't have had the strength would have just stayed and yeah. dean goes yeah lucky me Sam says, it's worth it. People are alive because of you. And then it just holds on Dean, and, and yeah. he says nothing, and then the episode ends, which is a real bummer to yep. end on. <laughs> and some way to go yeah, into a finale. It's... Sure is. And boy, is this finale. 
Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. <sighs> it's all coming together. Why? I want to... I want to ask you a yes. question. What do you think is going to happen? Um, I mean, the psychic people are going to come back. Uh, Sam's probably going to go some degree of evil, but not to the degree he did uh, in the fake-out episode. Uh, but Dean's going to snap him out of it. Uh, Yellow Eyes is going to reveal his big scary plan. Um, it might half work. Maybe they'll partially stop it, but whatever it does will cause like echoes forward into whatever the plot of Season 3 is. Um... Yeah, I think that's it. I think those are my those are my swinging for the fences. Okay, good. Cool. cool, cool. I'm really excited for next week. <laughs> oh god. I, this is so much fun. I'm so glad we also, had yeah. I, this one. Like, I have no idea what Yellow Eyes' plan is, but I assume it probably has something to do with like getting the demons out of hell because demons hate being in there so much. Like, I don't know, breaking the doors open or whatever. I don't know what that has to do with psychic powers, but shrug. I love this so much. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you about this next week. Okay. Oh, oh this is so, so good. Anyway, I think it's After Facts time. Sometimes Supernatural yeah. is good. Uh, so, yeah, real facts. quick here, because we've been going, we've been going for a while. Um, first mm -hmm. of all, uh, we have... Um, Adrian Palicki, who I never talked about, because I don't think I did an After Facts for episode one. Um, such a baby show yeah um so <laughs> she is uh a, this is this is great i didn't know this Pr primarily she is um tyra collette uh from friday night lights um does she play yes. jess what what you didn't say who she played what oh i'm sorry name. yes i said episode That's one okay. but yes she's jess she's jess yeah um yeah she's tyra collette um she is uh, she's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Bobby Morse. Um, oh. She is on The Orville as uh, Commander Kelly Grayson. Uh, and also, she is Miss Perkins in John Wick, which I had no That's great. I had no idea. Nice. I haven't seen John Wick in a really long time. It's a good character in that movie. Good. I mean, th that movie's very good at just like having small like bit characters be extremely memorable. Um, anyway, Carmen um is Catherine Rollins from Hawaii 50 major character on that um and uh is on some other things but like oh right right this is the other thing uh she's Mary in Shazam in the 2019 Shazam movie nice um, I think I watched that <laughs> in the theater uh and then there's um Mackenzie Gray who plays the Jin, uh who is the eye uh in Legion who is the pathologist at Riverdale and is the time master on Legends of Tomorrow. This guy's very... Incredible. He's got... I'm sorry, Mackenzie Gray, but you kind of have a villain face. He's very good at mm -hmm. playing, like, ominous villain characters. Like, the physicality that mm -hmm. the Jin has, as bad as the, the, uh, the fact is that the Jin's a white guy, um, he, he does a good job, like, being creepy. Um, yeah, no, the Jin is a very good, like creature and i don't know if they ever show up again gins in general i maybe That's like once or right. twice we could check the chart yeah but i don't think would say right yeah i just i feel like like they show up but they're not like the creature in a sh in the episode mm -hmm. they're more like just in passing which is really interesting to me but then again i guess psychoanalyzing dean uh um, in this way there yeah. is yeah. different they... there is there are dean there are gins that show up again, but um, I think one 
I, okay, the origins that appear in the show, and <laughs> I forgot about that. Cass gets involved. Um, oh, boy. Not in exactly the same way. Not like the same episode premise, but their origins in the future. Um. Okay, and final actor fact, mm. uh, the woman uh, who they save um, is uh, Mrs. McMurray on Letterkenny and is also Winona Earp, the, sh- the, the show Winona Earp. Um, Augers, that's very. That's you know everyone's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Listen, I think going from Supernatural to Letter Kenny is a big yeah. step up. <laughs> also, I know nothing about Winona Earp, but people like that show. I don't. I don't know. I've heard the name. It's like you know what I think. Winona Earp is the show that um that I uh talked about. Um, in terms of like, oh man, I would love what if Supernatural, but in the old West. I'm pretty sure that's what that show is. It's huh. about like monster no hunters in the, the old West. Is. Also, it's very yes. I was about to say that. Well, I, it's <laughs> it's not a. I'm fairly sure it's canon. It's not just a ship. Okay, I could not I'm be poggers. sure because I haven't seen it. This this this. You know how I'm, Tumblr I'm, I'm posting are. a picture. This 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 looks canon to me. Okay. <laughs> Just gals being fun. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> uh, but speaking of uh, never seeing a show and uh, not being sure if a ship is canon, I promise this is uh, uh, relevant to our show uh-huh. here. When I was uh, probably 12, uh, in the Doctor Who roleplay forum I ran, <laughs> where I met uh, one of the people that I am very mm-hmm. close with, um, I the the only thing I knew... Uh, the only things I thought I knew about Supernatural. One, I thought Dean was a demon. <laughs> Two, because he's a bad I knew boy. Cass was an angel. I don't know. I I might have seen a, an edit okay. that gave him black okay. eyes. Um, yes, everyone. Shh, uh, I don't want to get emails about this. I know. Trust me. Uh, number three, I thought they were canon. <laughs> oh, I you mean, thought Castiel I mean, was canon? Are they not? Or Destiel? Castiel. Okay, You're off the show. Castiel was canon. Okay, this was 2012. <laughs> So what what season what season would have that even I was probably like twelve or thirteen. Oh geez, yeah. So You weren't wrong. I was not incorrect entirely. It was really funny. Um I just love giving that little bit of lore. This is your maybe the old time fan, but (laughs) this is my Burton Ernie moment. Yeah. Uh Dean coded of me. Um but I may be the old time fan, but I didn't actually start watching Supernatural until I was probably thirteen or fourteen. That's that was a while ago. Yeah, it is a while ago, considering I'm almost twenty three. But and it's much longer than either. Yeah. Of you. I feel like that counts. But it's still very funny. <laughs> it's yeah, because I was you know the seven years old in two thousand six. I was a, yeah I was in the trenches. I was there, Gandalf, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Do not cite the deep magics to me, which I was there. I was on Tumblr. At the height of Super Who Lock Stuck. Wow. Uh, yeah, we've, we've been over this. Yeah, it's... I had. <laughs> yes, we have been over this. We, we mm-hmm. bow before your okay. terrifying wisdom. So, <laughs> next time, the finale. Yes. Yeah, 21 and 22, yes. All Hell Breaks Loose, parts 1 and 2, written by Sarah Gamble and Eric Kripke. No, I did not have to consult anything. Yeah. <laughs> of course. That's cool. I didn't know Sarah Gamble got to be the finale of season two. That's she, cool. She Good for her. The, she does the um, penultimate episode in Kripke seasons. I can't say that for sure. I don't know if it's all of them. Let me check before I say something wrong. Did she do the one for season one? I thought she didn't. 
me check I'm the writer so track excited. sheet. I want oh. Wyatt. I know you're going to be busy taking notes, but I do really want to hear some of your live blogs. Sarah Gamble <laughs> did 121. I just want to hear the the genuine virginal reactions. I, I will do that. Um, um, and also, no, no, 221 was written by Sarah Gamble. And no 421. Fucker, so never mind. Yeah, every single one of the right. penultimate Kirpke episodes, Sarah Gamble. That's did. cool. Good for and her. then she took over the show, um, so she gets to do the first and last at that point. Good for her. <laughs> Although Kripke wrote the uh, season six finale, interesting. Wasn't he gone right. at that point? Anyway, catch us next time. Uh, rate and review uh, us, etc. As stabbing. yes, on your podcast platforms of choice. Also, uh, as a reminder, after next episode, we will be taking a week break, as uh, is our usual prerogative mm -hmm. for. Uh, uh, when you can't say it's our usual prerogative. We're only well, establishing I, it as usual by said, repeating it. I, we, yes, <laughs> I. We also talked about how we're always going to be doing that back when we took our first one. So as as will continue it's to true. be the case, we will be taking a week's break. There we go. Um, Try not I, to miss us too as, much as, or do. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and until next week, we will be uh, staring pensively off into the distance, thinking about our lives and whether they're worth it. <laughs> I was going to say stabbing ourselves uh, for the possibility of returning to the real world, uh -huh. but that works too. Both of those are equally bit? more than I, I think. I'd rather, I'd rather drive away from the cops instead of <laughs> this one. <laughs> um, Listen, you can drive away from the cops. Me, me and Ash will contemplate our lie. I can come get you guys. There was no contemplation that's in true. that scene, Wyatt. That was just straight up like, No, that's well, true. You're right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, mm, there was some contemplation. He was 90% sure. Anyway, bye, everybody. There was a little bit of contemplation. <laughs> <laughs>